like scary movies? Totally. Hey, y'all. Totally. What's up? It's Jess. Hey, jerk. Speed kills. Ah, baby, bone sherry. Hey, what? Lindsay. The key. You did a great job. You filthy animals. Hello, Sydney. <laughs> I'll be right back. I thought this was about horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, I gotta fan myself. Curdled sack of milk. <laughs> oh I'm a really good listener. No, you're not. That's true. We're out of here. Bye. The key. Hello and welcome. Bye, all Bye. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Hola, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. What do you got going on in the background there? A little tick, tick, boom. A little tick, tick, boom. Yeah. I wanted something on in the background while I was editing earlier, and I just haven't shut it off yet. Uh, can you pay attention to stuff while you're editing? Uh, it's more like a background. Like, like I even have it on mute, so it's just mm. more of a kind of a background thing. I don't know. I'm weird about that. Like, I I need something happening around me while I'm working. It helps me work better. I don't know. It's really strange. Hmm. Intriguing. Yeah. So, like, anytime I edit, I usually have like a Lord of the Rings movie playing in the background, but uh, I just felt like having this on instead. Hey, no judgment. I edited our episode today. So we recorded this morning. Well, actually this afternoon. I edited it while I was uh, grilling out chicken on the charcoal grill from our bar out back. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So like the kids were out being crazy on their four-wheeler uh, Jeep things. And I was like screaming at them. I had like one ear like with these headphones, one ear in the headphones, one out so I could hear what they were doing. And uh, yeah, that's what I did. Awesome. Hey, man, if it works and you can do it, that's awesome. That's the way I feel about it. Plus, I've got our editing down so easy now that it's... I don't really even have to pay attention to it. I just got to like... I jot down why we're recording the parts I want to cut out or fix, and then that's what I go and do, and then <laughs> dump all the music into it, and away it goes. I need to start doing that. Like There are points where I'm just like, man, I don't want to keep that in the episode, but for some <laughs> stupid reason, I don't have a pen or paper anywhere near me, so I never <laughs> jot down when I need to do it. So I have to listen to the whole thing and get to the part where I'm like, oh, yeah, I wanted to cut that out. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I need to. I need to find some paper. I got pens. I just don't have the paper. I have paper everywhere. Just write on your hand. You'll be fine. <laughs> what are you sipping on? Yingling. I thought you were going with the rum. What happened? It's on standby. Don't oh. worry. <laughs> it's on standby. This is going to be another uh, Mark episode. Oh shit! What happened? Oh yeah. Yeah. He was all. He got all gushy at the end. That he's just a big teddy bear. Well, uh, you know, we'll, you, we'll see what happens. I've got quite a few of these beers on standby behind me. I've got the rum on standby, so we'll, we'll see how this episode progresses. You never know where it's going to go with these. Mm. Ain't that the truth? You have to work tomorrow? No, I am oh. off for the next few days. Mm. That's why doing this tonight is perfect, because all I have to do is get up in the morning, get the kids onto the bus, and then I can just go back to sleep. Go back and lay on the couch. You're like, I'm done. Yep, I don't have anything to do tomorrow except take my car in for an oil change. I've and done my fatherly duties. They're off to school. The world's, exactly. the world's right. Exactly. Mm. Now, I feel like I haven't talked to you, like actually talked to you in forever, like through the text messages and stuff, but... Yeah, it has been. Like, we haven't had a one-on-one -on -one conversation in a long time, actually. Yeah. 
been a while. I was talking to Seth earlier and told him that I was we were recording tonight, and he was like, "Weren't we supposed to go on his show?" And I was like, "Yeah," but then he like now he has like a full time co host, so like he probably doesn't want to have guests, and like I totally understand we do want guests we do want guests uh we actually just had our first guest on in a long time um yeah i when did we record yesterday we recorded yesterday we talked about no country for old men so yeah no we definitely want guests i want to get uh you uh you seth and jess back on it'd be an absolute blast i thought maybe we scared you away we were like you were like man these these people are nuts no, I don't even see why people keep inviting me back. I don't know. Crazy. Uh, so what are you guys up to? So I guess for the listeners, you now, your brother Ruff, it's now Chuck and <laughs> Ruff go to the movies. Chuck and Ruff go to the movies, yeah. So uh, he's been a big part of the show uh, from the very beginning when I first started creating it. Uh, I always bounced every idea off of him. Um, he helped me, you know, find the sound, work out the uh, some of the uh, bugs and things like that. And uh, he was always my first guest as well. So he made the most appearances on the show and everything. And I wanted to bring on somebody full time because, you know, I'm listening to all these wonderful podcasts out there where people have full time co-hosts and stuff like that. So, like, I'll use you all for an example. You, Seth and Jess have such great chemistry together and whatnot. And while I enjoyed having somebody different on every episode, I, I, I wanted to kind of bring that same kind of chemistry onto my show, having somebody permanently on there with me whether i and then like if we wanted to add a guest great if not at least i always had somebody and so my brother was the first choice uh the obvious choice since he had been with me from the beginning basically how many episodes had he done with you before joining full-time oh god now you're gonna make me think um i'd say he had done probably about a good 50 percent of the episodes with uh with me before he came on full-time so yeah well that made it easy then since he and and obviously you guys are brothers so that makes it a lot easier to uh well maybe not i don't know (laughs) no yeah i mean we get along great and everything like that uh and uh the kind of conversation that we have uh during the episode it's exactly the same type of conversation that he and i would have whenever we would talk on the phone or something like that you know we always talked movies movies have been a very important part of our life uh, growing up our lives growing up and everything like that so you know every time we'd see a movie we call each other we just talk about it that's essentially the basis of uh the show is just what would a conversation talking about this movie be and robert and i are great at that yeah so what is rough chuck and rough is that like his nickname <laughs> no that's his last name uh, uh we uh, we have the same mom different dads got it chuck and rough go to the movies yeah, uh, since I go by Chuck, he wanted to go by a nickname, and all his <laughs> all his friends call him Rough anyway. So he's just like, okay, yeah, we'll use my nickname. We'll use your nickname. He didn't uh, like but, Chuck and Robert go to the movies. Nah, it didn't. It doesn't have a nice <laughs> as nice of a ring to it as Chuck and Ruff does. Uh, dude, I'll yep. second what you're saying though. I do not envy anyone who has to find a guest for every episode because I mm. can only imagine how cumbersome that must be. Um, which is kind of how these came about because we were doing um, Kruby's requests and we were having people on, but like we were talking and by the time you like BS through the first part of the episode, you're like an hour and a half in before we even got into like the normal episode. So it's like, why not just turn that hour and a half into an episode where we don't have an agenda. We don't have an outline. We don't have any subject matter. Like I didn't send you anything we were going to talk about. I don't have anything written down. This is a blank sheet of paper as you can see. Um, (laughs) 
That's you're writing out what from. you want to edit out of what I say. That's what you're ready to write down. No, he's going to say something off the wall and like, <laughs> nope, we got to take this out. Generally, it's stuff that Seth says, and he's not here, so I don't have to worry about that. He's the guy <laughs> that's always trying to get us in trouble. But <laughs> what are you going to do? So, what do you guys have coming out here soon? Uh, well, this upcoming week we have an episode on uh, Steve Martin's The Jerk coming out. Uh, Robert had to convince me why it was a great movie because <laughs> I just didn't understand why it was anybody really liked this movie. But um, you know me, I will talk about movies whether I like them or not. And by the end of the conversation, he helped me realize what a funny movie it actually was. So good for him. Uh, and then after that is when we got No Country for Old Men coming out. Uh, we had, like I said, we had a guest for the, probably the first time in a while uh, on that one. Uh, a buddy of mine, Wayne from another podcast called uh, Florida Men on Florida Man uh, podcast. He came on. Uh, this is the movie he wanted to talk about. And I'm actually very thankful he chose this movie because I haven't seen this movie in 15 years. Okay. So I thought I remembered it, but honestly, I didn't. So I really enjoyed the movie. It was a lot of fun. Did you like it more? I guess I don't want to ruin your episode, but did you like it more? The, actually, by the time this comes out, your episode will already be out. But um, So did you like it more this time or the first time? And I asked that because... I remember watching it the first time, and this would have been, what, you say 15 years ago it came out? came out in 2007, yeah. Okay, so 15 years ago, just to put it into perspective, I would have been like 20. Um, yeah. I think, roughly. Yeah, we'll say 20. Let's go with it. Um, you know, <laughs> doing that hillbilly math. Um, I don't know that I didn't like it, but I didn't think it was as good as everybody else thought it was. And I think if I watched it now, I would probably go into it with a different um, outcome. Uh, I'm right there with you. Yeah. So I was 20 years old uh, when this movie came out. And so I remember n not thinking it was the great. I felt it was overhyped. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Coen Brothers film. So, you know, you, with the Coen Brothers, you're going to either like their films or you're going to hate their films. I mean, they've done things like uh, The Big Lebowski, you know, um, or brother, where art thou? And mm -hmm. uh, Fargo. I mean, Fargo. How can you not like Fargo? But they've also had some misses in my book. Uh, so this one was a miss with me on the first time. I just, I didn't understand it. I thought it was a little crazy. I do remember being completely scared of Javier Bardem's character uh, going around. And for some reason, I had in my mind he was killing people with a nail gun. It's not a nail gun. It's a lot worse than a nail gun. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know. I enjoyed it a lot more this time. I think it's because I've grown up a lot. You know, now I'm in my mid thirties and I can appreciate life a little bit more and I can appreciate some of the things that are happening in this movie a lot more. So, yeah, I think I would be the same way. Um, yeah. Fargo. I fucking love Fargo. Did you like the TV series? Never watched the TV series. I heard it was great. I yeah. just not gotten around to watching it, but I, I love the movie. I think the movie is absolutely fantastic. So do you like Billy Bob Thornton? I do. See, I, I think love, he's a good actor. I love Billy Bob. Um, I don't think that's a controversial take. I think a lot of people like. No. Bob. I think there's a lot of people that don't like Billy Bob, but I. He, he's a weird dude, and yeah. that's why probably a lot of people are turned off by him. But as an actor, sure, um, I think he's a great actor. Yeah. See, I really enjoyed the. And I don't want to ruin it for you, but he, it, I do. Sure. This is no secret. <laughs> he's not in the second season, so I didn't go into the second season very excited for it. So I, I didn't yeah. do the second season, but the first season, like I loved it. Watched every episode, and then he wasn't in the second. Wasn't going to be in the second season, so I was like, eh, 
I don't know because I liked it so much because of his character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I would like to give it another shot, but I think, uh, yeah, the the series is really good. The movie is a little dated for me. I do enjoy it, but I like they came out with the TV series, which fun funny enough is the reason I went back and watched the movie the first time. I'd never seen Fargo. Uh, yeah, I just watched it because I watched the series and loved it. And went back and watched it. So it is a little dated. It doesn't hold up real well, but it's still all in all pretty decent movie you know it's the same thing like the big lebowski there's a lot of it that i think holds up real well but it is a very dated movie you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. it's also one i haven't seen in years but i think it's one that if i watched it again now i would probably really enjoy it but i back when i was younger and watched it like my friends loved it and i was like i i and i hate saying this quote but i'm gonna say it and then i may <laughs> edit it out later but like i just i just didn't get it yeah i was like the big lebowski yeah, I just didn't see what was. I was like, it was it wasn't a bad movie. I was just like, I don't see what you're seeing. Gotcha. Okay, I, I I see what you're saying. Um, I find myself feeling that way about a lot of movies. Uh, sometimes in the beginning, where you know, that's why I try not to listen to everybody overhype a movie. Yes. Because or shit on a movie because I don't want to go into it with that uh like that expectation and then feel disappointed or be like why did everybody hate this movie or something like that <laughs> so uh yeah i absolutely agree you know if somebody if everybody's overhyping something chances are i'm gonna be very disappointed in it or i'm gonna be the one guy who's like uh that movie's not great what are you all talking about <laughs> um it was kind of like you know i was talking about halloween kills today i finally watched halloween kills this okay. morning all right uh, my wife and kids were out. They were running errands. I'm like, I'm going to take the time to sit down and watch this movie. But I remember you all shitting on it in uh, the t- group text message. And I'm just like, do I want to watch this movie? And then I had to go kind of remind myself uh, what the other one, uh, the the one that came before it uh, was yeah. about because I'd only yeah. seen it once. Um, so I kind of read up on that a little bit, then watched this one. And I can safely say that I absolutely agree. It is a hot piece of garbage. It's not great. I got, I mean, I mean, the problem with that movie, I mean, not that I should be telling anybody how to make a movie or what they should or shouldn't do, but it's like (laughs) they had so much momentum going into that movie after Halloween 2018. And it Mm -hmm. was like, in my mind, they did everything they possibly could to make that movie unenjoyable. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. Like we were watching it. Um, well, we should have known. Honestly, we should have known because, like, the week before it was released, all of a sudden now it's going to be on Peacock, and it was like, well, that's weird. Like, why would they not release it? Stick in- to just a theatrical release, right? Yeah. So we're like, okay, that's weird, but whatever. I was, you know, it was still we were still in the the depths of the COVID thing, so it was like, okay, I, you know, I. That's fine, whatever. Which then Seth and I were like, fuck it, we'll just watch it on Peacock. Like, we're not going to go to the theater if we don't have to. So we watched it here. And I told this story like 400 times. So people are probably <laughs> sick of hearing it, but I don't give a shit. They can fast forward through this. Um, keep talking, keep talking. I love stories. It's like, yeah, life's all about stories. I tell my kids that. I'm like, guys, you might go and do, do the something you think is going to be the dumbest thing in the world. And if you get a good story out of it, it's priceless. Like, just go do the thing. Anyway, seriously. Um, <laughs> right preach brother i was we were watching it and we drank pretty heavily so like we it was seth my wife and i and we took multiple drink breaks and each time <laughs> we were like wow like we don't want to talk about it yet because it wasn't over and it could still redeem itself but it was like man like this isn't this is not good 
And then it was like, this is might it might be getting worse. Like this, I think mm-hmm. is getting worse. So, so anyway, we we get all the way through the movie. And I remember I was sitting in the front of our living room because uh, our TV's like here, and then we have like the recliners on this side, and then on the back wall is the longer recliners. And it's over, and I look over at Abby and Seth, and Seth just looks at me and goes, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know, dude." And then like I tried to watch it again because lately that's been my thing. Like I've watched stuff and did not care for it, wasn't a fan. And then I go back and watch it a second time uh, because I think having this podcast sometimes ruins movies for me. But I oh, go, I, agree. I go back the second time, and then I like I, like something clicks. But I watch, I've watched that movie three times, and I'm with you, Chuck. I'm like, I don't, it's, I don't know. I don't, what were they doing? For me, I think that uh, like almost immediately into the movie i already hated it and for me it was the dialogue the dialogue seemed so cheesy and childish it was like that scene where they were uh back in the 1970s in michael myers house the cop is standing there at the window and he's literally saying oh nothing exciting ever happens and and then he you know michael myers attacks him and stuff like that but i'm just like who would like in the real world who would just be standing there saying something as ridiculous as that right in in a murder house you know come on just from that moment alone i knew this movie was just not going to be great and it had so much potential to be great i thought it was a very interesting storyline um potential storyline the town rising up to fight michael myers and so they're tired of being terrorized they're tired of living in fear how awesome is that but it just it did not work and i'm actually very very i'll still watch it but i'm anxious to watch like anxious in a bad way to watch halloween ends a hundred percent and rook i got two things to say the first one is um i'll fast forward so the second one is um (laughs) My hope is that when we sit down after Halloween Kill or uh, Halloween Ends and we can watch them all consecutively, that this is just one long storyline and this is just like the middle part of the story that may drag a little bit, but like, yeah, it'll make up for it throughout the rest of the movies, right? Because this is a trilogy, really. So it was written as a trilogy, which I think may have been to the detriment of the second movie, but we'll see. Um, the first thing I wanted to say was the the only thing in my mind I can come up with as to why they did that scene with the window is so that later when um, Karen is there in front, because that's where he kills Karen, right? Is so yeah. that they can flat like, because she's standing in the mirror or the mirror, the window looking out that same window at Haddonfield. And that's when Michael shows up behind. It's the only thing I can think of as to why they would do that scene is so that they can be a, like a callback later. They made the window such an important uh, element of the storyline, you know, so again, establishing that Michael Myers was standing there, then the cop was standing there, cop got murdered there, they kept recalling about how, uh, you know, oh, I used to go over there and play with Michael Myers when he was a kid, or, you know, blah, 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 blah. I remember him standing in his sister's room, staring out the window, and then they have that philosophical conversation about, you know, Maybe he wasn't actually looking out. Maybe he was seeing his own reflection and looking in and blah, blah. I was, this, this guy's, this was, I'm just like, 
Josh, I don't do this very often when watching a movie. I was literally finding anything else to do in my immediate area than watch this movie. I was on my phone. Uh, I was cleaning up the dining room table, you know, which was right there. I was thinking about all the chores I needed to get done today. I just... That's how much this movie just really lost me. And it's such a shame. It really is. Because like you said, 2018's Halloween was a good film. It was a great start to what was supposed to be an amazing trilogy to make up for years of awful Halloween films. Right. Well, hey, now, don't talk about Rob Zombie's Halloween. I don't want to get on that rabbit hole. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm I'm not knocking you. I've told you this before. I'm all for Rob Zombie's Halloween. I thought, in fact, Rob Zombie's Halloween, that first film he did, uh, I thought was absolutely fantastic because I love the fact that he actually focused on the character of Michael Myers. Like, who was Michael Myers? How did he become? You know, it wasn't just boom, he's Michael Myers, the killer. It was what put him down this path to becoming Michael Myers, the killer. And I thought it was a very good introspective. Um, and the whole, uh, the both movies, uh, the second one was a little bizarre, but both movies were very well done, in my opinion. So Rob Zombie did a great job. Wow, I like what you're saying. Never mind. We can we can talk about those then, I guess, if since you agree with me. But yeah, yeah, no. But I'm talking about like Halloween three, yeah, and on. Like, I mean, whatever happened between Halloween two, the original Halloween two, and Halloween H two O, I just would rather forget. And then anything that happened after Halloween H two O, what was that? Resurrection. Resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. That that movie was stupid. Come on. That was that was a that was like a money grab. But no, I agree. I love H two O. I like the first one. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the second one. I know a lot of people like the second one more than the first one. I'm not a huge fan of the second one. Um, I think three is hot trash. Season of the Witch. Uh, but, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. The Curse um, of Michael Myers. Or, or no, that, no, that was number six. Uh, let's see. You got the Return uh, the return of Michael Myers, the Revenge of Michael Myers, and then you've got um, the Curse, which I think yeah. is the one with Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, three had nothing to do with Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. It was just... Halloween 3, the season of the witch, right? Or something like that. Yeah, and there's no witches in the damn thing, which doesn't make any sense anyway. It's about some haunted masks. Masks, yeah. Like, Matt, oh, that was so stupid. The Shamrock Company. Abby and I tried to watch that um, around Halloween because, like, generally every year we get our friends together. We got a big projector and we do uh, Halloween movie nights. So this year we were oh, going to. That sounds fun. We were going to do Scream. Um, <gasps> yes. But my friend's wife. Uh, we invited my friend and his wife over, and she's not super into horror movies. So I was like, eh, "We better ease her into this." So let's because, like, ha- let's be honest, Halloween, the original Halloweens are not that scary. Um, no. Well, mm, the first one did actually kind of scare me. It's more of a like, yeah, the first one was scary. After that, it really wasn't. But uh, I don't know. That's just me, I guess. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, your you're good. There. You're good. That's what's what we what's what we're doing having a conversation. But I <laughs> disagree because I think, but I'm so desensitized to stuff because of all the horror that I watch. Um, that that movie just to me is like entry level horror. So I was like, let's just go back to Halloween. We usually do Halloween every year. I am the scream, as you can see from my shirt. And here's a ghost face. Here's a ghost face. Uh, oh, I thought you had all that kind of ironically that I thought you hated scream. No, yeah, that's what it is. I was hoping you'd ask. <laughs> I just put it there, hoping you would ask. Um, but I was like, the new ha- the new scream movies coming out. Like, let's do scream this year. So Abby, at first I forgot to tell Abby honestly, and like she ordered her like new Halloween Michael Myers shirt, and she's like, "What do you think of my shirt for the movie uh, night?" And I'm like, "About that, I actually <laughs> changed it to scream." And she's like, "Why would you do that? We always watch Halloween." 
So I was like, well, we got the new one coming out. Such. Anyway, nonetheless, my friend's wife was coming, and she's not into horror movies at all. Like, for instance, uh, Flanagan's Hush. Have you seen Hush? Yes. That movie scared the hell out of her. In, I, in my opinion, that's not an overly scary movie either. I guess it, from, a conceptual, from a conceptual standpoint, I think it is scary. Well, it's kind of like The Strangers. You know, it's yes. not an overly scary movie, but it's the idea of it being scary. Like, you know, hush, she's out in the middle of nowhere. Yes. She can't hear anything. Right. And there's this guy stalking her, and she just doesn't realize it at first. And it's the same thing like The Strangers. You know, they're out in the middle of, well, not middle of nowhere, but they might as well be. Right. And they're being terrorized by this group. It's not a scary movie. It's the idea of it being scary. And for me, that's why The Strangers was always scary, because we lived out in the middle of nowhere. So if something like that had happened to us. Yeah. Nobody would find us for like weeks. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that movie scared the hell out of her. So I was like, I don't know that Scream is the way to go, especially once you get <laughs> into the later ones. So it's like, let's just revert back to Halloween. Um, so we did. We watched Halloween, Halloween 2, and then um, Halloween H2O. But uh, I don't even know how the hell I got on this story, but... Uh, yeah, anyway, that's what we did for Halloween. <laughs> movie. No, I'm not sure. Oh, no. Why I said Halloween's not scary is that, yeah, that yeah. that's why we did it. And at the end of it, she was like, yeah, none of, uh, they didn't finish H2O. They had to go because they had to go pick the kids up. But um, she was like, yeah, those first two movies, she said, they didn't scare me because she said, I think that's they're just so dated. Like that's It just wasn't scary to me. But I remember like when I was young, my grandfather told me that he remembers that movie coming out in theaters and people were afraid to walk home. Like they walked in like the road home because they were afraid that Michael Myers was like lurking in the shadows. So like... I see how it was scary then. I'm sure it scared me as a kid, but like if I were to like put that up versus Rob Zombie's Halloween, two completely different movies in terms of scary to me at least. I you know I, it, I think it really definitely depends on when you're exposed to these films. I was exposed to Halloween very early, mm-hmm. so yeah, it scared me. Um, you know, Child's Play and things like that. Those movies scared. I, I I just also have a thing against dummies and dolls and stuff <laughs> like that. They are scary, and I don't understand why anybody has them. Um, but uh, yeah, I was exposed to Halloween very early in life, so yeah, it, it scared me. If I watch it now, yet yeah, I'm very desensitized to it now, so it doesn't scare me anymore. My wife would be freaked out. That's for damn sure. She does not like scary movies. She doesn't like them at all. No, she won't watch them with me at all. Oh, wow. No matter I, what, she won't watch any of the Scream movies, nothing. See, I think Mark from Elm Street, his wife is the same way. I think he finally talked her into watch because they had their wives on, Mark and Brooke did for an episode. I think they did Gremlins. I think he finally got her to watch <laughs> Gremlins. Um, and I forget whether she said it scared her or not, but that's like her level of horror. So I guess from that aspect, what's what's funny though is like Abby and I, when we started dating, like we would that's what we did. We'd like hang out in my apartment and watch scary movies. So it was kind of... We've always been into it. So I guess from that aspect, I'm lucky. But did you took your wife to see the Batman, didn't you? Yes. What did yeah, she, what did she I think? Honestly, okay, so I will be 100% honest. I tried to talk her out of it so many times. I'm like, hey, this movie is three hours. Are you sure you want to watch this? Mm-hmm. Uh, she had just got over, uh, she was just getting over strep too. So I'm like, are you sure you really want to be sitting there, loud noises and everything happening? And I was like, it's supposed to be kind of like a little suspenseful, almost on the side of horror. Are you really sure you want to, is she... She kept insisting she wanted to go. And then at the end of the movie, she's like, oh, man, maybe they could have cut about 20 minutes out of the movie. Other than that, it was a great movie. And I was completely taken aback by that. I'm surprised she liked it. Wow. 
Yeah. Did she find I it, it was scary? An movie. No, she didn't find it scary at all. Okay. See, no, I was... she didn't. Uh, she just said it was a little boring in some parts. Like, okay. she didn't understand why they kept uh, doing all these close zoom ins on people's faces and things like that. She's like, I could have done without all that. The rest of it was fine. I agree with her. I think it was too long. Um, and I can probably, if we were to sit down and watch, I could tell you multiple scenes that I thought were just way too long for me. But as you know, I mean, if you listen to the show, I don't like long movies. Like 90, <laughs> 90 minutes is like where you're going to start losing me. Um, but that being said, I didn't not have fun with it. Like I wasn't sitting there looking at my watch like, holy shit, like when is this movie going to be over? But like there were certain scenes that I was like, this scene's way too long. Um, but then again, I think there were scenes they could have done more with. I guess I don't think it's scenes. I think it was storyline. I think they put way too much in the movie on Selena Kyle's storyline. I think there was just too much of it. I absolutely agree. And with all the hype that they were doing around their version of the Riddler and things like that, yes. I wanted to see more Riddler on screen. I wanted to see a little bit more of his involvement because the scenes that he was there... He was creepy. It was scary. It was exciting. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. They focused way too much on Selena uh, Selena Kyle. I think they focused a little too much whole on the uh, you know um, the mob sequences and yeah. stuff like that. You know, uh, actually, I would have loved to see him just a little bit more Penguin because I really enjoyed Colin Farrell's take on the Penguin as well. Yep. Um, yeah, they could have cut Catwoman from the whole thing, and I don't think I would have been sad at all. I agree with you 100%. Or even just matter in the next. I don't, again, I don't know what they have planned for the next one, but I would, I mean. They set it up for a sequel. So, um, and it seems like it's a pretty well received movie. And yeah. if Warner Brothers has learned anything these past few years, it, if it's well received, just don't fight it. Roll with it. L Greenlight the sequel. Let Matt Reeves continue doing what he's doing. Let Robert Pattinson continue doing what he's doing. And I think you're going to have a good sequel. Uh, if they and I think this is a perfect example of Warner Brothers finally finally learning to kind of start backing off a little bit. So they like to be too heavily involved in their in the movie making process of their movies, which is why DC films tend to fail in a lot of aspects. Right? Or why uh, directors are always walking away from DC films? Um, you know why actors get kind of fed up trying to handle anything because Warner Brothers always has their hand in it. And I mean, I still heard the horror stories. That's why we went from having Ben Affleck's Batman be in this movie to Ben Affleck directing this movie, then Ben Affleck having nothing to do with this movie, and then Matt Reeves <laughs> is in this movie. Uh, then you got uh, Robert Pattinson coming in. And I think they finally just learned, hey, if we back off a little bit and just let the director do what he's going to do, you're going to get a good movie. And I think they that's what they got. So if they've learned anything from this movie, which I hope they have, just green light the sequel and right. let them do what they're going to do. I think Matt Reeves is on to something. I, I really think he could build his own, I don't want to say universe, because I think that's an overplayed term with these yes. comic book movies. But I, I really look forward to seeing where he goes with this because I agree with you. I didn't go into this knowing what I was getting. I'll be completely honest with you. Um, and I'm one of the few that like... Well, I, I think quite a few people like him, but I'm one that's outspokenly likes Ben Affleck as Batman. Even though Same. You, even though you fucker said he... I said he was my favorite Batman, which I did not mark, you piece of shit. I said... <laughs> <laughs> I said Christian Bale was my Bale. favorite Batman. <laughs> then Batfleck, okay, Mark, once he had to go, he had to go on record admitting he was wrong, which made me so happy, by the way. <laughs> that was so funny. 
But um, <laughs> I was expecting that Batman, which I don't know why I didn't think things through clearly because Robert Pattinson is not the age of Ben Affleck, right? And then we no. get this re I don't want to say rebooted either because it's not really the correct word, but we get this new Batman that is younger. He's inexperienced. He's just full of piss and vinegar and anger and doesn't know like what his place is in Gotham. And I was I'm used to the batman that shows up and he's the playboy bruce wayne he you know what i mean and i wasn't expecting what we got now that's not to say i don't like what we got i just at first i was just confused because i was like okay him and alfred have no relationship which bothered me i'm like this is weird like there's like some weird turmoil between the two which i'm used to alfred being like his father figure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and then just like he like it was awkward in public and i'm like why is he being so fucking weird you know, not to rehash everything that uh, Mark Brooke and I talked about, but I mean, I, I agree. You know, it was a, it was a fresh take mm-hmm. on Bruce Wayne and the Batman. Uh, first off, uh, going back, uh, I've got several points that I need to touch on here. Um, Matt Reeves. Yes, Matt Reeves is definitely onto something. I love the fact that he made it feel a little bit more noir. And I love the fact that he made it feel more like a detective story because, you know, that's ultimately what Batman was supposed to be more than anything is a detective and fighting crime was just kind of like that secondary idea right. that came along with it. Uh, and I, I love that from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, it was like a who done it. You have to figure out who's behind everything. And it's absolutely wonderful and it's dark and it's gritty. Uh, thank God for uh, Christopher Nolan and his version of the Batman allowing a dark, gritty Batman to come to screen and people being very accepting of it. Right. Um, um, as far as Robert Pattinson's take on, uh, you know, the Batman versus like Batfleck. So the thing with Batfleck is, is that his version of Batman is an already, already established, already jaded, already hurt Bruce Wayne slash Batman. So yeah, what we're seeing is decades of abuse and hatred and emotion, all those things built up. And that is built what Ben Affleck brought us. Uh, to the Batman. And what was great about Ben Affleck's take on Batman is why you saw the billionaire side of it, you didn't see the playboy side of it as much mm-hmm. as you had in the other iterations of Batman. And I think that's what I enjoyed about this take of Batman too, Robert Pattinson, because he his character is basically running away from the idea of who Bruce Wayne is supposed to be. He doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about his status in society. He wants nothing to do with Wayne enterprises. Uh, He lets Alfred run the business, Mm -hmm. um, uh, which I, I, I find that refreshing. He wants to be the Batman. It's more like Batman is his true identity and Bruce Wayne is his alter ego in this movie and i think that's just a nice fun little twist and yeah the relationship between alfred and uh batman in this take is a little different than what we've seen before but they did have that emotional scene you know he was obviously very shook that alfred almost died right and you know that's why he's holding his hand in the hospital and stuff like that he he He's afraid to say it, and I think he's afraid to show it, but he does love Alfred if he's capable of loving anybody. See, I honestly don't know if this version of Batman is capable of emotion, but that's the closest he got to it. Yeah, I think I 100% agree with what you said. I think that this is the building block for where they're going with Batman. I think this is like, and again, I don't know what they have in store, what they have planned, but like, 
I think these this will be the building block to where you get to where Ben Affleck's Batman was. So mm-hmm. I do think that you're going to see that billionaire playboy side of Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne eventually. I think they're going to mm-hmm. build up to it cuz like and I think you're going to see that relationship between Alfred and Bruce. Um and I think you're going to see Bruce become accepting of what he, who he has to be because an integral part of the Batman storylines is the fact that Bruce Wayne gets to be like the face and invest all this money and do all this philanthropy in the city while the Batman is generally viewed as a vigilante um, that kind of gets shit on. And mm-hmm. then Bruce Wayne gets to kind of be like the, the good guy, which I think you're going to get to see that eventually with this storyline. But I think with what they've done, it's genius because they could take six movies to get there if they want yeah. to. And I think that they're... I don't know how they're going to work this in with the other ones because just because I've seen... like uh, I forget the guy's name, but the guy that plays The Flash and Jason Momoa... And like all these oh, guys, Ezra are just, Miller, yeah, as like they're so into this Batman, it's, it all it almost makes me wonder if they already know what's coming and somehow they're going to somehow intertwine all these movies to where they're in them together. I don't know whether it's going to be with the Flashpoint or whatever if they're going to be able to do that. I hope they don't. I hope they keep it separate and don't mix all that shit together. But I I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't think that you would disagree with me. DC does some dumb shit. DC does a lot of dumb shit. Um, <laughs> What and I think DC has finally started to real well. It's not okay. We can't say DC does dumb shit. It's Warner Brothers doing dumb shit. Um, but uh, unfortunately, it affects the DC properties. Uh, with the Flashpoint, they they've already said they're going to bring in Michael Keaton's Batman. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to have that Batman. So Tim Burton's Batman in the mix, and uh, Ben Affleck's Batman is also going to be in this film. So now we're merging those two worlds. I don't know if there's going to be any other mergents. Um, quite honestly, and I, I hope they don't, I let's, let's not copy everything MCU is doing, <laughs> right. please. Like, seriously, <laughs> did they steal the playbook and they're just like, Oh, huh, let's see what we can do. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's merge everybody together. Yeah. I think DC, uh, Warner brothers and DC have, uh, started to get the idea that after the failure of justice league, it's, it's okay to have these separate properties. That's why it's called the DC extended universe mm. and not just one universe, because it gives you the opportunity to have all these different iterations of these characters or these properties uh, doing what they're going to do. That's why it's okay to have another version of the Batman exist while we still have an active Batfleck happening, you know, right. or uh, now an active Michael Keaton uh, Batman happening again. Uh, It's all okay because it's all part of an extended universe. Uh, Flashpoint is going to be, if we ever get it, this movie's been in the works for what, seven years, five years? I don't know. A Uh, while. A long time. A while, yeah. And it keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. But um, I'm excited for Flashpoint. I think it's going to be an exciting movie if it's done well. And I think if they just limit it to the amount, just limit it to the amount of characters from the other universes that they're planning on bringing in, then it'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. And I, and again, I think that it, and maybe this is, you can agree to disagree if you want. Um, but I think it would only damage this version of Batman that we're getting now, the Matt Reeves version to do that, to add it in with the others, because you have so much potential. And again, I went into it not knowing what I was getting. Um, because when I left, a fr- one of my friends and I, and then Anthony from Porcelain Peak and I, we texted quite a bit about it as well. But it was like, I wasn't, I was expecting them to kind of 
not carry on what they did with Ben Affleck's Batman, but it'd be in similar veins. Mm-hmm. Whereas what they've done with this is very reminiscent to me of Bat, uh, the first Nolan Batman because while it's probably that movie is probably my third favorite out of the three of them. It's probably it's the Dark Knight, uh, the one with uh, Tom Hardy, and then then the first one, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, and Batman Begins. Yeah, I that's that's yeah. probably the order I would put them in. But I could see same. that being the same with this, just because I think. They've only they, there's so much they can do with this, and they've set the foundation now. And then I think the things that I was missing from this one, I think I'm probably going to get in the next version. To be honest with you, I, I I I'm hopeful for the sequel that follows this. Um, I'm hoping Selena Kyle's storyline has closed at least mm-hmm. for now. So in the sequels, that she doesn't have to be there. Uh, they've established um, they have established the Joker. Right. unofficially and i don't know and see that's the thing i was also thinking about and this is something i told my wife on the drive home i was like you know why is it every time we get a new iteration of batman they have to do a new iteration of joker you know he's got such a there are so many wonderful dc villains out there right which is what i loved about uh what uh nolan did yeah he ended up introducing the joker but like he introduced scarecrow Right. Like everybody forgot that Scarecrow existed till all of a sudden there he is and Batman begins and he was at in each subsequent film afterwards. Right. Uh Ra's al Ghul, just uh Bane. Bane. I loved Bane. I thought they did him dirty in Batman and Robin. You know? Oh yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Dude, I like Bane. This is again maybe a hot take. Everybody knows how much I love Heath Ledger's the Joker, but man, Tom Hardy's Bane was so good. I, I agree with you, and I think it's just because I ride I, I ride for Tom Hardy. I think he's just an absolutely fantastic actor. I love all his movies, pretty much all his movies. Uh, Lawless is one of my favorite movies. I mean, fantastic how many actors do you movie. know can grunt through an entire movie and be the best thing about it? You know, that's him. Um, he's he's absolutely great, and I've always had the hot take on the Joker, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Don't get me wrong. He did an amazing job. What uh-huh. an amazing Joker he did. Um, you know, when you compare it to Jack Nicholson's Joker, which is amazing in its own right, when you compare it to the Joker that they introduced on Gotham TV show, um, I can't remember the uh, Cameron something is the actor who plays yeah. it. I thought he did a great job with it. And um, then you got Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, which is just a completely like that movie as depressing as it was, was a fantastic look into such an iconic character. And I will even say it, Jared Leto's Joker, while crazy and weird in its own way, was perfect for what it was too. Right. But Heath Ledger's Joker, here's my problem with it. I think it got hyped up too much because he died. Hmm. And there's my hot take. And that's yeah. where a lot of people disagree with me. They're like, oh, no, it would it still would have been the most fantastic Joker had he lived. I was like, would it have, though? Everybody wanted to go see this movie because Heath Ledger was in it yeah. as the Joker and he was dead. He won an Oscar. Would he have won the Oscar if he lived? I always questioned that, too. You have to also remember that he nobody wanted him to be the Joker. Like when he yeah, got like that when he was role, first cast. Yeah. when he got that role, people shit all over him being Joker, and 
Um, I'm I'm gonna go on the other side of it because I, I I think it was fantastic and I loved it every second of it. Um, did he die before the movie came out? He died before the movie came out. He had already finished all his scenes. Interesting. See, I don't I don't remember that, but yeah, because I, I I remember exactly where I was honestly when I found out that he died. I was over at my friend Brandy's house. I was sitting on her couch watching uh, TV, and I get a text message from my buddy and um. Justin and he's just like, dude, turn on the news. Heath Ledger's dead. I'm like, what the? F-? So I turn on the news and they're reporting on Heath Ledger's death, and I'm just like, he's got a movie coming out. Yeah, in like four months or something like that. I don't remember the exact timeline, but I'm just like, he's dead. It's crazy, dude. It is. Yeah. I I didn't remember that he died before it came out. Hmm. Yeah, and I that's don't why know. I don't we know all flocked to theaters to see it. Yeah, we I don't wanted remember. to see his last role. It technically wasn't his last role, but we wanted to see one of his last roles. His last role was um, uh, that Imaginarium, blah, oh, blah, 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 yeah, blah that yeah, Johnny yeah. Depp, Colin Farrell, and uh, Jude Law ended yes. up filling in the rest of it for. Yes. Uh, the What is that That was called? a weird movie. Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus or something that's like it. that. I don't think I watched it. It was it was interesting, but it was weird. It was very well done how they did it and how right. they incorporated the other actors to take over the role. But it was weird movie. Man, I and again, I don't I don't remember. I I might I can see your point honestly from what you're saying, but man, I think he was just fantastic. Like the thing with that is when he is on screen as a Joker, like he has your 100 percent attention, and like the, oh, the thing with his Joker is like. I felt like I never knew what he was going to do, but he also had this, this, um, th- this like way about him that like you could tell he engulfed that, um, stance of hit Batman is his other half. Like the, the, the way that he interacted with Batman was so good in my opinion. And he never want like he could have killed Batman and he didn't, and Batman could kill him, and he wouldn't. Like they, they've always had, and and then the storyline, they've always been like two, the the two parts, right? Is the mm-hmm. the good and the evil. And Joker's primary goal is to make Batman be what Batman will never be, and that's a killer. And he just pushes him and pushes him to the point where I'm like, he's gonna kill him. Yeah. And then he obviously doesn't, but he goes as far as to kill his love interest, right? And it's like. Oh, he's definitely gonna kill this guy, but then he does it, and it's like, oh man, like I think he pushes him as far as you can possibly push him. And there was supposed to be more to that storyline, right? And we never got it, which just sucks. But <laughs> yeah, from what I understand, uh, Joker was all supposed to be a very integral part of the third movie. So Bane was kind of like an afterthought, mm-hmm. uh, which again, it worked out perfectly. But um, yeah, that. It's a shame we didn't get to see that character move on anymore. Again, I'm not I'm not trying to say that Heath Ledger's Joker was awful. I, right. I loved it. In fact, out of all the Joker performances, I will rate rank it as number one. My problem is, is that I just felt like we all gave it too much right. prop. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. all elevated it too much only because the actor who played it had passed away. And if he were still alive today, we still would have loved it. Mm-hmm but we probably wouldn't have all been as obsessed with it. You know what I mean? 
Oh, I can totally see that. And I also think it's unfair because I was one of the few people that said that I didn't mind Jared Leto. I don't think Jared Leto's Joker was great. It worked for what they were going for, and I liked that it was weird. But I think he got unfairly treated as well because, like, I, in in my opinion, whoever filled that role next was going to get that. Oh, yeah. Was going to get shit on, basically. But um, I think that he was able to do it and probably signed on to do it because it was so weird. Mm-hmm. And I really liked and would love to see where they took it. Be- did you watch uh, the Snyder Cut of the Justice League? I did sit down and watch the Snyder Cut, and I love the fact that uh, they brought back Jer- uh, the Joker in that one. Uh, and I felt that that portrayal of Joker, even though it's still Jared Leto, was a little bit more in tune with where the Joker needed to be versus where he was, like in Suicide Squad and stuff like that. Yes. But... Uh, that was that was the Joker I'd love to see more of. Where where's the movie with that Joker? Agreed. And then when you look back to Batman versus Superman and you see that real quick shot of the Robin suit and yeah. the Joker had wrote on it, like yeah. I would love to see Ben Affleck and Jared Leto's storyline. I don't know how you could retroactively go back and do it because they're no, neither of them are getting any younger. But I mean, if they yeah. can have you know Skeet Ulrich and uh, Scream Five, why not? <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i'd love them like i'd love to see them those two characters you know ben affleck as the batman and uh um jared leto's the joker like maybe even do like the killing joke just a live action the killing joke that yeah. would be very fun to see you know just something I, I actually i'd love more of that backstory because they hinted so much of the backstory of what happened to robin and jason todd and stuff like that and like in the batman lore um i it's been a while, so you're going to have to forgive me if I'm kind of mixing up the details here. One of the Robins, and I believe it was Jason Todd, goes on to become Joker. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. I, I, I could. I, again, anybody listening to this, it has been a long time since I've really delved into this lore. And I and I, I might be getting the name wrong, but one of the Jason or not one of the Jasons, one of the Robins does go on to take over the role of Joker even if it's for time. And if you notice like those wounds and uh, the stuff on the Robin suit, those holes, they happen to correspond with scars that exist on Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, that would be a fucking cool storyline, dude. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But I'm the guy that loves, loves fucking me. Like I get so much shit, Chuck, because I'm like, yeah, reboot that. Reboot it, dude. I love it. If it's it's fun, (laughs) do it. Like I'm here for the quirky storylines, but like, dude, I would be here for that. Yeah. Why not? I mean, it's called the extended universe for a reason. So DC has so many opportunities to do whatever the hell they want. And you'd have to get Ben back though. You say he's coming back for Flashpoint? Yeah, he's going to be in Flashpoint, and uh, so is Michael Keaton. And I'm really hoping, with the Michael Keaton being reintroduced as Batman in this film, that uh, they are going to explore the possibility of doing uh, a Batman Beyond, whether it's like a film or maybe like a Mm. limited series or something like that. I think he would be the perfect older Bruce Wayne for the Batman Beyond storyline. Dude, I'm here for it, man. I hope I did see. Isn't the Penguin getting a show on HBO? I think think so and then did you watch um we're, i'm switching gears here but i'm prone to do that did, Switch, you, did you watch peacemaker no oh my gosh dude do you like john cena no see jess hates john cena <laughs> and she watched it before i did um did you watch the last suicide squad movie i did okay 
Well, I am a huge Rick Flag guy, and I love Joel Kenneman that plays Rick Flag. And based on what the Peacemaker does to Rick Flag, I was like, oh, I fucking like it. Made me not like John Cena, and I never had anything against John Cena. Um, yeah. I think John Cena is what he is, but I can, you know, I know that. So going into a John Cena movie, I'm not expecting him to be, uh, you know, anything fantastic. But nonetheless, I'm like, after that, I was like, God, oh, hell with John Cena, man. But then Jess, who hates John Cena, watches. She's like, "Have you watched Peacemaker yet?" And I'm like, "No." And she was like, "It is so fucking good." She was like, "I can't believe I'm going to say this on on microphone and have it recorded." <laughs> she was like, "But it changed the way I look at John Cena." And I was like, "What?" She was like, "She's like, you have to watch it. You're going to love it." So I watched the first episode. Like, all right, I'll give it a shot, even though I hate this Peacemaker character. And dude, I was fucking hooked. It is great. All right. I mean, I guess I'll give it a try. No, I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of John Cena and I'm wasn't a huge fan of his character. Uh, quite honestly, I have the take that uh, I wasn't a huge fan of that particular version of Su- I'm not a huge fan of either version of Suicide Squad, to be honest. James Gunn, I think, did a little better job. But um, just honestly, I could do without either movie. Mm. That's just me, though. I hear you. I I don't. I actually don't mind either. Again, I'm like the guy. I just give me a movie. I'll watch it. I I like them both. I think they both have good and bad points. But the James Gunn one is pretty good. It gets a little weird at the end for me. Yeah. With yeah, the Project does. Starfish actually being a big ass starfish. Um. Mm-hmm. But did you give me Margot Robbie as Har- Harley Quinn? And I'll probably watch anything she does. So I mean. Um. I'm gonna be like you're. You're about to find out something very quirky about me. I um I have this aversion to things being like able to be like I I I don't know like come out of our bodies in strange ways <laughs> and so polka dot man yeah uh, actually made me physically sick while I was watching <laughs> this movie so um that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't like it. And then the King Starfish yeah. character, the way that things were flying out of his little arms yeah. and stuff like that also kind of made me physically sick watching this movie. So um, <laughs> those are probably the two things that turned me off the most. Oh, I'll be honest. I forgot about Polka Dot Man. Yeah, that that's gross. <laughs> it really, it, honestly, it is when you think about it. But like at yeah. first I was like, what is this guy? Like, what's his deal? And then like you see it later and it's like, uh, like it is pretty gross. Yeah. So no. that, that makes uh, you physically ill, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So do you like hate like body horror movies? No, it's fine. Body horror movies are like, if you give me hostile, mm-hmm. uh, I can handle hostile and okay. things like that. It's, it's the whole idea of something come like there's a there's a term for it it's something it has to do with like things being porous and being able to secrete things and things coming out in weird ways i there's a term for it i don't remember what it is but i do suffer from that um like you know lotus flowers how do you know the lotus flower Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. you know lotus pods they have the seeds that come out of the pods and stuff like that if i see a picture of a lotus pod it makes me sick. Really? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I hit my mic. But yeah. Interesting. It, it, there's something about it that just makes makes me want to vomit everywhere. Oh man, that's crazy. So like so we did... I can't watch like Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, or anything I don't like, like that, that shit either. I think that's just yeah, gross, like but... that makes me physically sick. So like my wife likes to sit there and like work on my pimples every once in a while. Yeah. I 
if as long as I don't see it, I'm fine. But if like she's doing it in front of a mirror or something like that, it makes me ugh, gross. Oh my gosh! So we did. Uh, it's already out on Patreon. So we did uh, Black Swan today, and I had never seen it. So our our March theme was um, March Madness. So basically, stories of people going mad, uh, which mm-hmm. this was a perfect pick for that. Seth picked it, but I had never seen it. And I didn't realize that the um, disorder she suffers from in that movie is an actual disorder where people legitimately like scratch and like dig into themselves until they are like physically ill. And I was I, like, I've never seen the movie, so I honestly don't know. Okay, well, like you see, so I don't want to ruin the movie if you're gonna watch. It actually is a very good movie. It's kind of a slow movie, um, which I'm also not a huge fan of, but. Natalie Portman does great. Mila Kunis is great. Um, anyway, she's got, got these scratch marks on her back. And they progressively get worse through the movie. But based on what the movie is about, you think it's something else happening to her. And then you kind of find out that she is the one doing this because of this disorder she has to where she like digs at her skin and pick like you don't realize it until later and then you're like oh all of everything that's happened throughout this entire movie makes perfect sense now because of this disorder she had but we during fun facts with seth he had all the facts <laughs> laid out and he like it was telling us about this this like it's a real thing that people suffer from and i was like oh my gosh like it's crazy to me yeah, these weird disorders very weird how we got on this conversation uh these weird disorders or like um phobias that exist and stuff like that it's absolutely fascinating there's a there's a name out there's a phobia for almost everything i uh, another weird phobia i have besides dolls and uh um dolls and like uh mannequins and dummies and things like that is i have a fear of anything that stings like whether it's an insect or uh, a plant or anything it's like poison ivy i have a fear of that um i can see a bee and it could be 10 feet away from me and i'm running for the indoors because i just i have this fear of being stung i'm not allergic to anything that i'm aware of i just have this absolute fear of things that can sting me and it's you have like a low pain tolerance no, I, I can handle pain just fine. Uh-huh. Um, well, depending on the pain, I guess. Um, <laughs> the fear is so intense that I remember like when I was a little kid, there was this scorpion that was sitting on our front stoop. Like I had feet to go around it. Like I could have stepped on this thing and yeah. it would have been fine. I was so terrified that I actually sat out in the front yard crying until my parents came out and got me and killed the scorpion. Because I didn't want to go anywhere near it. Really? Because I was afraid it was going to sting me. See, I'm like, bees don't bother me. Like, if I'm sitting outside working on the back deck, like, I, if they fly around me, I'll like swat at them or whatever. And we got like a fly swatter out there, I'll smash with. But like, if one gets around (laughs) one of my kids, I'm like, I go into like freaking like predator mode, dude. I'm like, I got the fly swatter. I got like a rolled up freaking book. I'm like, I'm ready to go to war with this bee. But like, it can land on my arm and I would just like flick it off. But like, if it's around one of the girls, I'm like, all right, I got to kill this. Like, this thing is like a predator. I got to get rid of it. But um, I don't see that's what Seth and I were talking. I don't think I have any like phobias. I don't know. Like, I'm a, I don't, I don't particularly like heights, but like, yeah. I can fly in a plane. I fly for work, no problem. Um, I can ride roller coasters. I don't particularly, 
enjoy them anymore. But like when I was a kid, I loved them and rode them all the time. It's not the height thing that bothers me now. It's the fact that I'm thirty, almost 35 years old. <laughs> I have two beautiful little girls and a great wife. And I'm like on this roller coaster, like, what am I doing? Like, I, yeah, this is a f- 45 seconds of fun. Like this thing flies off the rails and I die. Like, what is the, why? Like, why am I doing this? So like, that's, there's nothing to do with the height, but that's the only thing I can think of that would maybe considered a phobia or whatever. But like, I don't, I don't know of anything that bothers me to that extent. So I find these things fascinating. That's awesome, man. That, uh, you really don't have anything like that. You know, I, I always feel kind of weird that I have some of these things, you know, the stinging thing, the doll thing, uh, the clown thing. I, I'm absolutely terrified of clowns. Uh, actually, I think it's more just anybody willing to dress up as something else <laughs> to play with kids. That bothers me a lot. Like, don't even don't even get me started about going to Disney World. Um, uh. But, you know, uh, that's not a that's not a true true fear i mean i can be around clowns and whatnot but i just don't like them but yeah i know the stinging thing the 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 secreting things from your body mm-hmm. uh unnaturally i i have even though pimples are natural i still consider it unnatural but unnaturally things coming out and the stuff like that that kind of creeps me out oh, definitely man. and i have nightmares on that sh- uh, so bad Back when Brecken, my oldest, right before he was born, uh, you know, my wife had a baby shower and stuff like that. I was at work, wasn't invited to the baby shower and uh, men generally aren't. And she comes to work afterwards. I was working at the restaurant at the time. She brought me some cake and stuff like that. But (laughs) stupidly enough, I had seen a picture on Facebook of a lotus pod (laughs) and it made me sick. And I was like... Hours later, I was still sick to my stomach. I felt so bad she brought me cake and I couldn't even eat it because I would have just thrown it right back up. All because, because of this one little picture lotus I saw. pod. This goddamn lotus pod, Chuck. Yep. Yep. <sighs> Man. I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to make like you feel bad that you have these phobias. I don't I mean everybody's different. I just find them fascinating because oh. like again, I don't know that I like I don't like have any like my like so I know some people don't like to public speak like they don't like to speak in front of people and you could give me like a script and be like hey go out and read this in front of these 15,000 people and I'd be like all right give it here I'll go read it I don't give a shit like I don't know like maybe I'm just I think I'm a sociopath that's the problem strangely I love public speaking I will get up in front of people and speak all day long it's the one-on-one interactions that Mm. actually give me anxiety you know, gotcha. unless I know somebody like, so like you and I, we know each other. So I mm-hmm. don't have anxiety about this, but if I'm like meeting somebody for the first time or something like that, that's what I have anxiety on. So if I'm just doing that in front of an audience of people, I'm fine. Cause I love putting on a show. What can I say? Right. No, who doesn't? Right. A lot of people, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. See that's but my wife makes fun of me. She calls me an extroverted introvert because <laughs> Like, I can talk to generally anybody about anything. I have no problem striking up a conversation or somebody strikes up a conversation with me. Like, she could take me to, like, a work function and there's no need for her to, like, babysit me. Like, I can walk around and I'll talk to these people or that people. It doesn't bother me at whatsoever to talk to people, obviously. That's what I do for my my job is I'm in sales. I talk all day long. I I actually get sick of hearing myself talk sometimes. But, like, (laughs) if we're out somewhere... Like, you know, I don't like to go out. I like to stay home. Like, I'm a homebody. I want to be home. Everything I need is within the walls of this house. So when I'm not working, I want to be here. 
But like if we go out and I see somebody I know, like I'll generally like grab her and we'll dart down a different aisle because I don't want to have Mm. like that awkward conversation with those people. Whereas like my friends could call me like, hey, you want to go out to the bar? And I'm like, no. (laughs) Like, (laughs) hey, we're all going out to watch this game. Do you want to go? And I'd be like, nah, no desire to do that. Whereas like she's like, begs her friends to go out and do stuff right and i'm just like i don't have any i don't want to do that so she's like you're so fucking weird she was like you can go out and like if i were to go out with those guys i would have a good time Mm -hmm. like if she and i go out to like there's a bar in town called o'connor's we'll go out and generally we'll see people we know there and we hang out and like it's it's fun but like i don't i just don't want to like i don't know what it is i'm like i don't want to do this like i just i want to stay home let me stay home please (laughs) See, I, I think my wife and I are the exact opposite of y'all. Normally, I'm the one like trying to push her out the door like, hey, wh- your friends invited you, your work, your coworkers invited you to go out to the bar after work. Go. Go out. Do things. No, like, I'm, I always I'm love that going same out way. Stuff. I tell her to go out because uh, she'll be like, hey, um, so-and-so invited us to go out. Do you want to get a babysitter and go? And I'll be like, no, nah, I don't want to go. But why don't you and your friends go? And I'll stay home with the kids. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, just go out and do stuff. But and but see, I'm the exact opposite. I love going out and doing mm. things. So like anytime my buddies are like, hey, we're headed up to a brewery. You want to go? I'm like, I'm already there. Let's go. <laughs> you know, um, do you, do you want to come over and play poker? And I'm just like, hell yeah, I'm bad at it, but I'm just there for the company, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I, I do appreciate, I do love being at home. Yeah. I've actually learned a lot more lately that I don't like being at home as much as I thought I did, especially mm. now that both of my kids are in all day school. Yeah. And then, so on the days that I'm not at work and I'm just sitting at home, I'm actually doing this. I'm like, <laughs> I'm lonely. Where is everybody? Do you know what and I'm I calling honestly... people like, hey, do you want to go get lunch? Yeah, right. <laughs> You'd be one of my friends calling me. I'd be sitting here having, with nothing to do, and I'd be like, no, <laughs> no, I'm good. I, I, Josh, I, I wouldn't so even call to... you. I'd just show up to your house, knock on your door, with like six pack, and like, hey, oh, let's see, hang out. I'm okay with that. Like, I invite. I'm like, I don't want to go out, but you guys can all come here if you want. Like, we have like two, if you count my office, three rooms with big TVs, and I'm like, we can watch the game here, and I'll buy all the beer. I don't. I just don't want to go out. I don't know what it is. Mm. I'm weird. I'm fucking weird, Chuck. I don't know what it is. I can't help it. But like if I go out, like I it's like I don't know. Maybe that's my phobia. Fear of going out. Hey, you know what? Um I don't think you would qualify for agoraphobia, but you're close. I have like the opposite I have the opposite of FOMO. Like I don't have fear of missing out. I like have fear (laughs) of I don't going out. I don't know. Fear of going out, Fogo. Yeah, but like everybody makes fun of us because like people be like, "You guys want to do something?" And I'll be like, "Why don't we do it at our house?" And like, "Oh, is it because Josh doesn't like to leave the house?" It's like, yeah, pretty much. Hey, you're comfortable in your own house, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like uh, the first time I ever go to a friend's house, you know, I feel a little uncomfortable. Like, what can I touch? Where can I sit? And stuff like that. And that comes from going to a friend's house in high school. And we went into the living room and I sat down on the couch and he started freaking out. He's like, get up, get up, get up. I'm like, what? He's like, nobody's allowed to sit on the furniture in here. And I'm like, no, why the fuck is it here? (laughs) What's the purpose of this furniture? Uh, It it was the fancy living room. You have to go to the family room. 
in order to sit down. It's like, then why are we in here if we're not allowed to sit down anywhere? And normally, I, you, I, when I walk through the door, that should be the first thing out of your mouth. Hi, how are you doing? Welcome to my house. Don't sit on the fucking furniture. <laughs> you have to stand you know? up the entire time, sir. Oh, you know, so I have that anxiety going to people's houses for the first time. Yeah. But once I've been to your house once, I am now a resident of your house and I'm very familiar with it and I will make myself comfortable. See, that's how I am here because I just like, if I invite you over, like, mi casa, su casa. So, like, mm. then I like kind of feel bad. But so now I like overcompensate because at first it's like, like, I'm like, hey, the fridge is outside, it's full of beer. But then, mm-hmm. like, I think people are like you. They're like, well, I don't know. Should I go get it? Does that mean I can go to the fridge? Or like, what do I do? <laughs> so it's like, so then I'm always like, hey, you want a beer? Hey, you want a beer? You want a beer? You need a drink? You make you a drink? So everybody's like, he's trying to get us drunk. And I'm like, no, I just don't want you to feel weird. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So like, if I go to people's houses, like I stick, I always bring beer. I'll stick it in the fridge and then I just go and get it. So fuck, maybe they're probably like, this guy's an asshole. He just comes in and gets in our fridge. Hey, if you bring something over and you put it in the fridge, buy, again, if I invite you over to my house, anything that's in my house is, you know, for you. Like, Thank so you. if you want food, get food. If you want a drink, get a drink. Um, my buddy Gary, he invited me over, invited us all over to his house for a Christmas party this last year. And, uh, you know, we show up and he's like, hey, listen, the fridge out in the garage is just full. He knows I love Yingling. Mm. So he had it stocked full of Yingling. He loves Yingling, too. Um, but uh, so we're. We're all over there and we're gathered around outside his fire pit and I'm empty. And he, he looks at me, he's like, Hey, is your beer empty? I go, Yeah. He's like, Okay, well, do you want another one? It's like, Yeah, I'd love another one. It's like, Well, your feet aren't broken. Go get yourself another one. <laughs> and I'm just like, Well, I didn't feel comfortable going out. Just like, dude, go into my garage yeah. and get a beer out of the fridge. You are welcome to go into my garage. Yeah. To get I've, a beer I've, I've never understood fridge. that like why would people invite people over if they don't want them to like like if, be comfortable if, yeah yeah the kids made themselves at home they started asking they they were like mr gary can we watch tv and they just started turning on the tv <laughs> dude that, when my kids go places like they're like it's their house they're like hey yeah. dad how does this direct tv because we don't have like tv services right so we go to my sister's house and they're like I fuck. I can't even get the thing to work. I'm like, Jess, how do you work this TV? Like, why is it so difficult? Like, I just turn on the TV here. We got Roku boxes on every TV, and they're like yeah. all like synced to where like our Roku account. Like, if I move an app down here in my office, it'll move on all the TVs. So like, you Same. don't have to look for it. I'm like, Jess, what is this fucking dr- like? Why do you pay for this? This is terrible. How much are you paying for this? Let's get you something a little better. <laughs> But I, don't know I, I accidentally deleted um well not accidentally on the kids tv i deleted um i think i deleted the hbo max app because i'm like they don't need to watch anything on here that's fine <laughs> and then i didn't realize it would actually delete the app on all my other roku devices oh, yeah. and i was just like mother trucker so then you know i've got the paramount plus app on there they like to watch the nickelodeon stuff you know blaze and the monster machines all that fun stuff um paw patrol but, you know, I'm also concerned that, you know, they're going to turn it on and turn on Scream. And right. I don't want them to watch Scream right now. Well, I don't want them, I mean, I don't want them to be scared of life. Let's not take it right off now. the table, Chuck. Let's get them started early. We'll start them <laughs> out right. My youngest would probably love it. My oldest would have nightmares. 
Oh, my kids, they know, like, I have Ghostface stuff everywhere, and they know who Ghostface... They don't, they don't realize who Ghostface is, but, like, if they saw it, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, that's Ghostface. And they call Michael Myers because they... I don't know why, but they always thought we were saying Uncle Myers. So they, oh, hey, that's Uncle Myers. It's like, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so we, we go to... Uh, so my wife volunteers at the school that the girls go to. So she's there quite a bit. And uh, Charlotte's teacher, I don't know how she got... Charlotte's our five-year-old. So she got talking with Charlie's teacher, and... Uh, She's like, oh, she's such a character and yada, yada. And man, she's a real sharer. So Abby comes home and tells me this. And I'm like, we're like looking at each other and we're both. Real sharer. We're like, what is she going to school and sharing? Like, what? I was like, <laughs> did you not ask? And Abby was like, I don't want to know what she's fucking going to school and telling these people. I'm like, well, I do. Like, like what is she doing? And my uncle is Michael Myers. and like, Oh, my God. Like, can you imagine the things that she's going to school and like, because she's totally my kid, dude. She's like, has no filter. She's wild. Like, I'm like, now we go to these like parent teacher conferences. I I, like pull up on Fridays to pick the kids up from school and the the principal's out there. And I'm like, what's this guy think of me? Like, what what are these kids (laughs) telling these teachers? So now like, I don't go with the tattoos out. I like go with like my, like my work dress up shirts and a tie and a suit coat on. I'm like, how you doing, sir? Like I want, I want these people to really respect me, Chuck. Um, Brecken, Brecken, unfortunately, doesn't have much of a filter when he uh, talks about things too. So uh, we've gotten quite a few. Uh, uh, his school utilizes this uh, thing; it's um, Class Dojo or whatever it is. It's an app, and so the teachers can actually text with you and stuff like that. Okay, that stuff happening throughout the day. So I get this random text message in the middle of the day for was like. So, um, Brecken's been sitting in my class singing this song out loud, and oh, I'm just no. like, okay, that's cool. What's he singing? And just like, well, um, it's no diggity. <laughs> and I'm just, I let him listen to whatever he wants to listen to in the car. So, uh-huh. as long as, you know, like, as long as he's happy and he's not screaming at me. Mm-hmm. listen to whatever you want to listen to so i'm just like okay so uh what lyrics of no diggity is he singing and she goes um he pretty much knows it from beginning to end <laughs> no <laughs> and i'm like uh are there other kids around him she's like no luckily he's by himself right mm. now and uh i don't get me wrong i think it's great and he's not in trouble or anything like that but maybe we need to have a conversation <laughs> About how certain songs need to be uh, just kept to ourselves. Uh, maybe he can hum it. I was like, "That's fair. That's fair." Um, uh, how old is he? My, he's he's seven, going on eight. Okay. And I have a four-year-old, Rygan. He um, he got in trouble the other day at school. This one was an actual trouble. So you know, my favorite curse word, actually my favorite word in the dictionary mm-hmm. ever, fuck. And so I use every variation of this sure. word every day. And I try, my wife gets so mad at me. She, I try not to say it around the kids. Yeah. But unfortunately, like in the heat of the moment, it usually comes out. Or if I'm just talking about my day, it's just natural. <laughs> and I don't think about my, like, who's around me. He's picked up on this word. <laughs> He's got a friend at school, Charlotte. Uh huh. And apparently, 
she didn't want to play with him any on the playground anymore. So the teacher overheard him say, well, fuck Charlotte then. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> so she asked my wife. Uh, she, I don't I'm not on the message stream with this teacher. Uh-huh. Uh, my wife is. And she asked my wife, like, so who in your family uses that kind of language all day long? And my wife just came home and started glaring at me. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're in trouble at that point, dude. Yeah, there's there's no excuses. So every time I curse in front of the kids, I get in trouble now. Well, apparently, uh, two days ago, Charlie was upstairs and she was saying uh, "mf'er." <gasps> so Lucy, our seven, she'll be eight in July. She comes downstairs. She's like, "Mom, Charlie's saying motherfucker." So then Lucy <laughs> says it right. So Char- <laughs> she's like, "Well, who? What? Tell her to come down here." So she comes downstairs, and she's like. Why are you saying MFR? And she's like, Well, dad's music. It all his music says motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm like, and so I'm like, whoa! Like, wait a minute here. I said, which one of my songs says MFR in it? And then Lucy, who was not the one that said it, right? She's the oldest. Charlotte was like, Charlotte couldn't name one. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> and Lucy, the little smart ass, she goes, Well, actually, I think it's Bad Motherfucker by Kid Rock. And I was like, <laughs> I said, well, I said, Luce, no, nobody. Hang on, let me look. I look around the room. I'm like, Luce, there's nobody in here talking to you right now. Like, why are you even down here? Like, why don't you take your little smart ass upstairs? Like, so then Abby looks over at me, and she's like, Well, huh? And of course, I'm wearing my Eric fucking church shirt. It literally says Eric fucking church on it. Oh my god! And I'm like, Yeah, that's my, that's on me. That's mine. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's mine. Well, you know, I, no, I don't want my kids saying those kinds of words in school, but I don't want mm-hmm. my kids being afraid also of expressing themselves in any way, shape or form. So, right. you know, like, I, I can't have a reasoning conversation with a four year old about no. this. Like, hey, you know, there's a time and a place you use that word. Brecken has said a few words before, and I just kind of look at him like between me and him. I'm like, dude. I don't care if you say those words in this house yeah. to me. Uh-huh. But once we leave this house or in your you're in the presence of your mother? No. <laughs> no. Well, okay. We, we have that con- like and Abby and I both think it's ridiculous that because we have to explain we're like those are cuz they're like well, you say it and we're like yeah, you're right. It's stupid that we can say it but you can't. It's just dumb that there's adult words and kid words. I was like and I can't explain. Abby, thank God, she's like the child whisperer, right? She like has a way <laughs> to explain to the kids, yeah, why they can't say these things, and it makes sense in their little five and seven year old brains. But I'm sitting there with, I'm like, I'm like a five year old myself. I'm sitting there like, yeah, it is stupid, mom. Why can't they say it? Like, but no, I get it. like, yeah, you know what your kids going to school doing that because then it's ultimately Chuck. It's a bad reflection on us as parents. But see, I don't I don't see it that way at all. I see it as more of we are exposing our children to the world as it exists and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's no point in hiding things from our kids. You know, when COVID first broke out, we had these discussions with the kids like about people getting sick, mm-hmm. viruses, uh, vaccines, things like that. And again, kind of lost on the four year old. But sure. Brecken, he he understands and you know he he comprehends these things we have we we don't we try to keep things black and white there's no gray area and 
we also try to help them understand that this is the world like we've had discussions about the whole Russian Ukraine thing. Uh, we've had discussions about the political environment back during the Trump Biden uh, campaigns and stuff like that. We we want them to be able to understand that this is the world as it is and there's no sugarcoating it. There's no reason to hide from it. There's no reason to kind of suppress it. This is what it is. And it's okay to have opinions, feelings, thoughts on all these things, but there are times and places to share right. those feelings, thoughts, and opinions. And like, so we give them the kind of freedom to basically do whatever in the house, not do whatever, but to a point, you know what I mean? Like, you know, right. if they're going to say a curse word, you know, we're not going to get all bent out of shape. We just sure. remind them, hey, don't do that outside this place mm-hmm. or things like that. But, you know, we want there's no point in separating adult versus kids subject matter. There's no point in separating adult versus kids language and things like that. You know, we want them to be able to understand that there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. per se, you know. Right. Well, I think what you're doing, and you and I, if I think, have had multiple parenting conversations about similar to this um, in our text thread, but like, I think that's what we have to do because I think that the way that previously it was like you don't talk about that, you don't like you you do it because I said to do it, and you just you don't you don't talk about that with your kids, etc. But I think when you expose them to certain things at this young of an age because let's be honest that it's different than when we were kids like now everything is online everything's on the yep. tv all day long you can access anything you want at any point in the day that you want to access it and i think exactly what you're doing with the hey you're allowed to have an opinion you're allowed to express your opinion but i think that also leads into hey other people have opinions and mm-hmm. it may like abby and i don't agree on anything it's like <laughs> but that's okay yeah. And your opinion isn't always right. That's an absolutely big lesson that is especially a lesson you want to instill in your kids very early on is that your opinion is not always going to be the correct opinion or your opinion is not always going to be the end all be all opinion, whether it's right or not, you know, and you you got to respect other people's opinions. You got to respect other people's ideas and philosophies and things like that. And it's good to have healthy discussions or even healthy debates as long as you can leave the heat out of that debate. Right. You know what I mean? So it's okay to disagree and it's okay to agree to disagree. Um, There's just a right way of handling it and a right time for doing it. And again, an eight-year-old and a four-year-old, even my eight-year-old, he is, I I brag on him all the time. He is super smart. Um, He's he's a genius and i'm not just saying that just for the sake of saying that like we've actually had him tested it scares me he's dr sheldon cooper and that's (laughs) literally what the doctor told me he's like y'all are raising a sheldon cooper and i'm just like i'm that scares me more than anything (laughs) so he picks up on things he's very observant and he picks up on things very easily and he has these understandings my four-year-old is cuckoo for cocoa puffs um but uh it's so easy to just have these little conversations with him and he completely understands like I'm a 35 year old talking to the 35 year old, but then there's times he reminds me that he's only seven. Yeah, exactly. I can completely relate, but I think, I think the point of all this or the point of what (laughs) I was stating is like, that's setting them up and setting 
the future generation up to be hopefully not live through or have to deal with what we're dealing with now to where you have like this side has their opinions, this side has their opinions, and there's no meeting in the middle. Rather than have a conversation, we'll go above and beyond to silence the opposition. And mm-hmm. that doesn't work. That doesn't help anybody out, honestly. And one of the, the great things about our community, that this podcast community, is that, like, for instance, I think we all probably had varying degrees of feelings on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Like, I saw online <laughs> where people loved it, people fucking hated it, there were people in the middle, but it was like, if you didn't like it, you didn't understand, you didn't get it. You were overthinking it, you were stupid, you 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 didn't get it. Yeah. Like, if you hated it, if you liked it, you were just a, like a, a gore hound, and you just wanted, like, there was like, nowhere in the middle, and I think that's a, complete reflection of society right now and i think like let's just sit down and have a conversation and i think that anthony and i did that about texas chainsaw and honestly i was on the side of i fucking hated it at first and then i watched it again and i was i took my podcast hat off and i was like okay it's a fun hundred and what was it? it was less than two hours so yeah, it wasn't a very long movie at all. I think it was less than an hour and a half. So it might have yeah, been like it was 80 right about minutes, that mark. 70 minutes, 80 minutes of like, but like, it's like, guys, the world's not that bad. Like, the horror movie, I know you guys do a lot more than horror movies, which I sometimes am jealous of, and other times I don't envy you at all. Um, <laughs> too much to choose from. No, no, too much to choose from. How do you have a target audience? Like, I can think of a bunch of things, but at the same time, you get to do all these other movies that we will never likely get to do. Right. So, but it's like, guys, calm down. Like, why are we so fucking mad? Like it's, it's a, it's a beautiful time right now with just look at all the content we have to watch. There's so much shit right now, Chuck, that I'm probably not ever going to get to watch everything I want to watch right now. Seriously. My, my watch list keeps growing and growing and I just don't have the time to sit down and watch all of them. It's, sad and i absolutely agree with you like texas chainsaw massacre is an excellent example of a movie that was very divisive but another movie that was very divisive and i personally was attacked on this like (laughs) don't look up because i shared one little opinion on facebook Uh uh-huh all of a sudden i'm being attacked left and right by people are like oh you didn't understand the film or uh, you didn't get the nuances and, th- and th- like one person uh somebody who used to be a really good friend of mine and i don't even know why he's on my friends list anymore he's a jackass um <laughs> like spelled it out for me about how i really didn't understand this movie it's like oh guys no it's not lost on me i completely understand this movie yeah um doesn't mean I have to like it. I understood it very perfectly. It's not a good movie. Okay. <laughs> it's just not, in my opinion. Yeah. It's you not can for like you. the movie. I don't care. Right. Like the movie. In fact, quite honestly, I think it's one of Leonardo DiCaprio's best performances of his career. I still don't like the movie. Okay. I, I haven't watched it, but I see what you're saying. Like, because I've heard mixed reviews on that one as well. But it's like, because like Felicia from Two Chicks and Horrific loved it. Like, watched it, couldn't wait to watch it again. And then I knew other people that didn't care for it, but I have—I personally have not watched it. It's one that I think uh, this is one of my. This you're learning a lot about me tonight, Chuck. Here's the thing: if I <laughs> sit down 
and a movie is longer than what I want it to be for that particular viewing, I won't watch it. So like the 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 amount of times I've actually sat down to watch it have been high. The amount of times I turned it on to watch it are very low. What's like fair. like like never because I haven't watched it obviously. Yeah. Um, but no, that's and dude, I went all in. I actually contacted you about this. I went all in on Hereditary because. Or not, I'm not sorry. Yes. I'm not Hereditary. Midsommar. I love yeah. Hereditary. I watched Midsommar and I was just like, I was so mad at the end of that movie. My fucking body hurt. I was like, this is the dumbest movie. It's the worst movie I've ever watched. It's stupid. It's fucking, it's, I was like so mad. And I like went off on Mark and Brooke from Elm Street because they were like oh you like Hereditary you have to watch Midsommar it's Ari Aster's follow up to Hereditary yada 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 I'm like perfect so I sit down I watch it and I talk my which Felicia and I figured this out on our my our first cocktails episode I'm like I talk Abby because Abby never saw Hereditary I'm like Abby there's this guy Ari Aster he's like the up and coming horror guy Hereditary was fantastic. He just he just did this Midsommar movie. We have to watch it. Everybody says it's great. So, and she had never seen Hereditary. So we sit down and we watch this movie, and it's terrible. And I'm like justifying to her why we're watching this movie because she's like, Josh, why did you have me watch this? Yeah. And then at the end of it, she was like, that was fucking terrible, Josh. And so I'm like, fuck, I'm like a beaten dog, right? I'm like, yeah, you're right, it was bad. But then, so I took out my anger on those guys. I'm like, you motherfuckers, you had me watch this movie, and it's terrible. And then I go off on a tangent as to why I hated it. And then I like start attacking them. I'm like, you guys think you're smarter than me? Right? <laughs> so then I turn into the fucking troll, dude. <laughs> so Mark's like, dude, Chuck didn't like it at first and then he i think you talked to maybe your brother or somebody about it no it was steven i talked steven, to right so you went back and you watched it again and then i think you found some enjoyment or maybe maybe love it I, you'll tell me here in a second but i'm like <laughs> chuck i fucking watch this movie i'm angry i hate it and then you like give me all the, the you know the the backstory and you know what you found with it but i was like i was like mad and then i'm like why am i so mad like why <laughs> Why am I taking this hard stance in the sand that like this is a bad movie and nobody should like it? and anybody that likes it just wants to look smart and be in the know like and I'm like Josh you're being a fucking idiot so I'm like I I still don't like the movie I'm not going to lie but I'm like why was I so angry with people that did because it was it was hyped it was hyped for you. And that's the unfortunate thing about it. It was hyped and it didn't live up to the expectation. And that's exactly how I felt after the first time watching it. You know, like, so the first time I watched Hereditary, I loved it. Fantastic movie. I thought about it for days and yeah. days after the movie. I, w- I was on Wikipedia learning about these different gods and stuff like that. You know, I just, I wanted to know more about the lore. Yeah. And it was just so wonderful. And then, Here's Midsommar. And I'm like, oh, great. It's from the same director. Awesome. I gotta love this movie. Everybody's talking about this movie. And it was awful. It was <laughs> like, I I was never getting that. What was it? Two and a half hours. I was never getting that two and a half hours of my life back. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't understand it. And so, yes, I started talking to Steven about it because Steven is the one who introduced me to Hereditary. So obviously he was the one who tried to get me on Midsummer, um, And 
so he was really great about it. You know, he let me rant about all the things I hated about it and why I didn't like this movie. And, you know, he, he said I was justified in a lot of my thinking, but he didn't want to change my mind about the movie. He wanted me to give it another try, okay. but he wanted me to look at some, he wanted me to look at it in a different light. And I said, okay, how do I look at this? He was like, don't look at it as a drama or a horror movie. Look at it as a comedy movie. And I'm like, a comedy? Like, yeah, he said, a dark comedy. Find the humor in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay. So it took me a few months, I'm going to admit, because <laughs> I just really did not want to revisit it. I finally sat down and was like, okay, this is a dark comedy. Let's do this. And keeping it in that light, it's still not a great film, but I found the second watch way more enjoyable it really is humorous in its own way yes and but i could also but having watched it one time going back and watching it again i got to appreciate the nuances that area ari aster put into it the first time he foretold the entire story in the beginning of the movie right and it's absolutely and just, it's beautiful the way he does it and i'm just like Wow, but you don't catch that in the beginning. Like you, you, most people probably didn't catch it the first time they watched it. So it's like, so you got to appreciate all the work he put into making this movie. Then you watch it, and it's a dark comedy. Again, not a great movie. Do I ever want to sit down and watch Midsummer again? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't think I will ever watch this movie again. I will put on Hereditary. Yeah far more many times than I'll ever put on this movie, but I definitely appreciated it a lot more after what Steven talked me, talked about with me and then going back and being able to appreciate it during the second watch. So I talked to you and you told, told me all that and you, we, you and I, uh, fuck, we yeah. texted for probably an hour about it and it probably would probably went easier just to get on the fucking phone and talk about it. But we were texting back and forth. I think I was working on one of our rooms. We were renovating, but nonetheless, um, you're like, you yeah, when we to. go on our when we get on those conversations, we probably should just get on the phone. At that Honestly, point. or just record it, and make it an episode, right? Because yeah, they, they're fucking brilliant <laughs> conversations. But it's like you had said that you were like, go into it as a dark comedy, not as a horror movie. Because I went into it expecting hereditary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I was like, you said that, and everything clicked. Like everything clicked. I was like. We were Abby and I were sitting in our back living room watching the movie on the TV, and we laughed. We were laughing at the movie, like which mm -hmm. I thought we were laughing because we were making fun of it, but really we were laughing because some of the shit that happened was so absurd that it was just laughable. It's it's funny and it's okay to laugh at it. It really is. It's showing you it's okay to laugh at these situations, like that whole sex scene with the boyfriend and stuff like that. It was so absurd and yes. wild and crazy. All I can do is just think back and on it. It's like, God, that's just so fucking funny. It's hilarious. Like there's a there's a bunch of stuff that's like when the guy walks off the cliff like mm -hmm. an idiot. And jumps like he, the girl falls. I think she like swan dives off and obviously yeah. dies when she hits the ground. But the old man just like pencil, like if you're on a diving, <laughs> like pencils off. So then he's like laying there, like suffering. And we were like, 
what the fuck? So like, we're like laughing. This is so stupid. Take the hammer. Bam. And then they come up and hit him. And then we were like, whoa, that's weird. But like, it's like. It's, it's funny. It is. It is. Like, it's. A, it's. A, I Looking at it from a comedic standpoint, it's funny. But Felicia. the body parts in the garden. It's funny. Yes, exactly. But then like Felicia and I, from she's from, from Two Chicks and Horror Flick, we're talking about it. And she was like, you got so mad. Because you talked Abby into watching it with you, and you were talking the movie up, having never seen it. So she was like, "It." it she's like, "I'm guessing it made you feel kind of silly that you were like, oh, Abby, this movie's so great. It's by Ari Aster. He's this up and coming horror.' Blah 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 blah." And then we watched it, and we were both like, "God, that was the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life." So like, I was already on the defense, right? Because it wasn't like we just sat down and picked it. Like I was like, "Hey, we have to watch this movie, right?" Mm-hmm. So she was like, yeah, you were like, you felt like, she's like, I can see why you were upset. And I was like, yeah, but now I feel, fuck, fuck, Felicia. Like, why are you telling me this? Quit it. It's like when you take one of your favorite movies and you show it to somebody who's never seen it before. And all of a sudden they're just like, they're shitting on it. Right. And I'm just, that's the worst feeling in the entire world. Just like, I love this movie. I love, <laughs> not, I don't love, the, but you know, I love this movie. Yeah. It's like if I took Ocean's Eleven which is my favorite movie of all time. And I showed it to somebody and they're just like, this is, this is absolute garbage. Yeah. Um, I don't like this movie. And then they start listening off everything they hate about it. I would contemplate killing them and burying <laughs> them in my garden. Okay. Johnny Depp, calm down. Secret window. <laughs> Eating my corn. You know, <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. But by the way, as stupid as crazy as that movie was uh-huh. I, I actually enjoy watching that movie oh i right. love that movie we did it we did it for uh who i didn't even pick it. i think seth picked it oh i love that movie dude i think it's, uh, it's a fantastic it's a fun movie to watch that's the thing it it's really fun is. it like if you like it doesn't make any sense like if you no. watch it through you're like i can poke holes through the whole thing but it's mm. one that if I have time to kill, I'll put on just because I like I and I like Johnny Depp. I know a lot of people don't care for Johnny Depp because they're idiots. Um, no, I'm kidding. But like <laughs> opinions, Josh. <laughs> I love Johnny Depp. I like him and Pirates is fucking fan. Oh, like I have the fucking uh, I have the Flying Dutchman ship and the Kraken pulling it under from the Pirates movie on my arm. Oh, tat- nice. Tat- I never noticed arm. that before. Yeah, I mean, you probably can't see from this far away. I'm pretty far away. But someday, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll share them all with you. But, dude, <laughs> I think Johnny Depp is great. Like, I know he's kind of yeah. weird and, and whatnot, but, like, him in that movie, like, he was the perfect person to play Mort Rainey in that movie because he is just so fucking weird. But, yeah, he I- is. I mean, he... Despite what you may think of him personally, and true, he's probably got more of a bad rap because of what Amber Heard did and stuff right. like that. But despite what you think of him as a person, he is actually a very good actor and he does a great job in his roles because he just he he go no matter how bad the movie's gonna be, and I'm talking about Lone Ranger, <laughs> at least he at least he tries. Okay. Right. He doesn't phone in any of these parts. I mean, even all the way back to Nightmare on Elm Street, he's not phoning in any right. of these parts. Okay. He's he's doing a he's doing a great job. And Johnny Depp is absolutely a fantastic actor. Uh, uh you know, 
being a huge Harry Potter fan and thinking about uh, the Fantastic Beast franchise that's currently happening right now, him playing Grindelwald, while it was very odd casting, it kind of worked. And because of all the stuff that was going through his God, I keep hitting my microphone. Uh, all the stuff that keeps going through, like in his personal life, you know, Warner Brothers was like, hey, we're going to remove you from the situation and we're going to bring in somebody else to play Grindelwald. I think it's going to be weird to see somebody else play this role because Johnny Depp, as creepy and scary as he played the role, now he's established in my mind. It was like, you know, it was like when Dumbledore was replaced, uh, Richard Harris died, so they had to replace him. But, you know, like Michael Gambon was completely different than Richard Harris. So now it's just like, that's all I'm going to think about during the whole thing. So they did pull him from it? Yeah, he's no longer associated with the franchise. Uh, What's his face? Um... I can't think of the actor's name. He's the guy who played um, Hannibal Lecter in the Hannibal series on TV. I can't think of the guy's name, honestly. That's who's was replacing the... Johnny Depp? Yeah. Yeah, the, the bad guy from the James Bond Casino Royale movie. Interesting. Yeah, that's who's going to be playing Grindelwald now. So he's been pulled from Pirates and Fantastic Beasts. Oh, did Disney drop him from Pirates too? Yeah, they, uh, they went a oh, different direction. They're probably just going to do a pirates movie that doesn't involve Captain Jack Sparrow. That's what that's, I think they did. The that's fe- a shame. It was all females in the last one, wasn't it? Or it was I shouldn't say all females. It was centered around a group of females, I believe. The last hmm. one. Hmm. But yeah, Disney also didn't want anything to do with them. But which is a uh, yeah, I agree with you. But nonetheless, that's a shame. Secret Window is a fantastic. <laughs> it is fan- You know, it's not bad movie either for a movie that's based off a short story by Stephen King like yes there's not a lot of there's not a lot of um content in this short story so the fact that they managed to create an entire motion picture out of it right i think it was it was well done for what it was well you had to have an actor that could carry the entire movie because like that movie is him like it's not he's in that cabin by himself essentially going crazy and not realizing he's going crazy um, but after you watch it multiple times, you realize it's very evident that it's him the entire. Well, I just ruined the whole movie if you haven't seen it. But like, <laughs> it's, it's very evident that like that it's him. It's been twenty years, guys. If you haven't seen the film yet, I'm sorry. That shit kills me. Like we'll be talking about a movie and like <laughs> it's like oh, spo- I'm the one that always says it. I'm like oh well, spoiler alert. And then I'm sitting here like, my god, like. Uh, Scream came out in 1996. If you haven't seen it yet, that's on you, not me. Why did you click on this episode? Seriously, yeah. My brother and I have this conversation all the time. Like, we're always so afraid of spoilers and stuff like that. But it's just like the title of what we're talking about is the title of the episode. So, like, if you've never seen Shrek before, (laughs) don't click on an episode titled Shrek. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, granted, we have to kind of rein ourselves in because we go on our tangents. And, yeah. You know, like with uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, we yeah. have to kind of hold back on that. The Batman, we kind of had to hold back on that. But if a movie's been out uh, for a while, then we were just like, okay, there's been plenty of time. And I usually try to put the spoiler warnings in mm-hmm. the episode notes that nobody reads. Right. So. <laughs> 100%. You know? We do the same thing because we get so off course and we go down rabbit holes and it's just like, I'll say, like, hey, we're talking about X. If you don't want to hear about it, fast forward 30 or 60 seconds because we're going to, mm-hmm. like, but at that point, like, I don't really know that anybody cares. But it's like, like, so we can't, we went and watched Scream 5, 
five cream, scream 2022, whatever you want to call it. We went and watched it and came back and recorded an episode on it. And I like put in the header. I was like, scream 2022, no spoilers. And then we did another, uh, like a short episode for Patreon, which had spoilers, but it's like, I feel like if you click on an episode of a podcast to listen to it, you should almost expect that they're going to talk about them. Like there's going to be spoilers. Yeah, I mean, it, we're movie podcasts, guys. Right. I mean, we we are literally talking about movies. So if you've never seen this movie and you don't want it ruined for you, go watch the movie and then come back and listen to the episode. If you don't care that it's getting ruined for you, then by all means, click on the episode. I want you to mm-hmm. listen to it. By, uh, absolutely. I can't wait to actually do an episode on Scream 5 because actually I want to do the entire... I. We, my, my buddy Justin and I kind of did this abbreviated two part episode on the Scream franchise. So, Scream one through four, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before uh, a couple of years ago. And I actually want to go back and revisit each and every one and give them the full treatment at some point. But, uh, you know, I want to go back and have these discussions. But again, if you've never seen these movies, then my God, why are you here? <laughs> what are you doing, listeners? Yeah, like I want you to listen, but I want you to listen after you see the movie. Right, right. That way it enhances your uh, opinion. But honestly, I think more people than not go to things looking for spoilers. I am i don't mind spoilers for certain things, which makes it very difficult for my friends and whatnot because some stuff I'm fine with having it spoiled because I think it enhances the viewing when I go see it versus some stuff I don't want. Like Scream, I didn't want to know any... I almost wish I hadn't watched the uh, trailer because after I watched it, I dissected the shit out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I almost wish I didn't watch it. But like, there's some stuff that I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with having it spoiled. But like, the most recent one was um, 1883. Did you watch that? It's a Yellowstone spinoff. Never even saw Yellowstone. Oh my gosh. You got to watch it. I know you got a long list already, but like 1880, I didn't want to know what was going to happen. And like my mom would watch it. Cause what happened is it's on Paramount plus mm-hmm. I think. And you had to have a subscription to that. And we were like, we're not, we have all these fucking subscriptions, yada, yada, yada. We'll just buy it through Amazon. So we were like, okay, we'll pay $20 and we'll get the entire season. Um, and we didn't realize that Amazon would only release the episode the next day. So like my mom could get on Paramount Plus, watch it, but we couldn't see it till like Monday. It would air yeah. on Sunday. We couldn't see it. So like I'm texting her every Sunday. I'm like, I don't want to know what the fuck happens. Don't text me, yada, yada, yada. So she's on there like, OMG, says, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what happens. Send. I'm like, stop sending me this shit. Like, quit. So then, like, the whole time I'm watching the episode, I'm, I'm like, okay. So it aired at 8. She was watching, like, 8.15. She sent me this, like, 15 minutes into this episode, some <laughs> shit's going to go down. So I'm, like, sitting there, like, watching. And then come to find out, I think she was fucking with me, to be honest with you. I think she was just sending it to be a jerk. Because, like, at those, like, minute markers, nothing really happened. But nonetheless, like, I'm I, that's the thing. Like, for my friends, it's probably really frustrating because some stuff, I'll, like, go and look for spoilers because I want to know what happens, but other stuff, I'm like, do not tell me what happens. I will kill you. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I'm, I'm I'm like you. I don't mind spoilers to a point. Uh, you know, 
like with Spider-Man No Way Home, I was already getting frustrated on day one of its release <laughs> because people were talking about it on Facebook. I'm just like, yeah. guys, this is literally day one. Shut right. the fuck up. Uh, and I was I was telling Karen how frustrated I was. So she's like, well, I'll buy us tickets. Let's go see it tonight. And like, sweet. Got to go see it. And nothing was spoiled for me. Um, but just like with Scream. I agree with you 100%. I didn't want to know anything right? Uh, going into it because I knew it was going to have twists and turns in it. Yes. That I wanted to be ultimately surprised and shocked by the end of the movie to the like, like, damn, I did not see that coming. Or I want to be able to guess halfway through the movie, like, that's the killer. Yeah, that's one of the killers, you know, like, I want to be able to figure that out on my own. I don't want somebody to tell me, but I'm not I'm not again spoilers either like with doctor strange and the multiverse of madness i've been reading up all on that like so Mm -hmm. i don't care if it's being spoiled for me that they are going to have another iteration of iron man in there or if they're going to have an iteration of fantastic uh of the fantastic four in there and stuff like that yeah there's all this speculation that it's going to happen so if it happens I now know about it. If it doesn't happen, then great. It was just all speculation. That stuff doesn't bother me. Robert, on the other hand, absolutely hates anything being ruined for him. So like uh, I was talking yesterday during our uh, recording on No Country for Old Men, I was talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. He's just like, would you just please shut up? <laughs> I was like, well, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm excited to talk about it. He's like, yeah, but you're talking about things I don't want to know about. Yeah. I'm like, like okay my bad sorry Mm. yeah see i'm the same like that's the thing with like certain things but i think with what they did with scream like it took forever for us to even get a trailer and then we Mm -hmm. got the trailer and they just pretty much showed the opening scene to a certain extent but they didn't really give you because i called that i was like "Mm, i don't think jen Ortega. there's no way they're gonna bring jen ortega into this franchise who's like the up-and-coming in my you know life according to josh like the up and coming (laughs) horror scream queen they're not going to bring her into this and then kill her off in the opening scene but the genius of scream is they would because they did it with drew barrymore so it's like are they going to do that are they not i call i was like they're not going to no no this will be the first opening that the person doesn't die like the jen orte because then seth and i are sitting here going through it on an episode (laughs) and we're like stopping the the trailer i'm like the, this hospital scene, there's a person in a wheelchair, that's Jenna Ortega from the opening scene, she doesn't die, she's in the fucking hospital, blah, 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 blah. Then the Dewey thing happens. I'm like, that. this is where Dewey's going to die. Dewey's going to die in the... F- You've seen this movie, correct? No, I haven't. Thank Fuck no, off. You have I saw it. I saw it in theaters and I've watched it like five times on Paramount. Okay, perfect. So I'm like, this is the scene, <laughs> Dewey's going to die in the hospital, and you never see Dewey, Gale... Or Sydney in the preview together on screen. I said Dewey is going to die. That's what's going to bring the other two back, which wasn't one hundred percent true, but it was pretty spot on. With you were close, you were close. So it's like, okay. So then I go watch the movie, and I'm like, the whole time I'm like, I'm smarter than these fucking writers that wrote Scream. Okay, I'm smarter than these guys. I am going. I think Guy Busick was that the guy's name. So I don't think. I think that's right. Guy Busick. I think he wrote Scream. But I'm like, I'm smarter than him. I know the franchise better. I know what's going to happen. So the whole time I'm watching it, I'm trying to figure out who the killers are, how they're all interacting together, and who did what. And I think, and I've said this a hundred times, but I think that's why the first time I watched it, I was like, 
I, I wasn't as impressed with it when I watched the first time because it was my fault. So I yeah. almost wonder if I had had spoilers and knew who the killers were because the second time I knew who the killers were, I fucking loved it. Like I thought it was brilliant and every time I've watched, I've watched it. So it's out on Paramount Plus. I watched it four times the first week he came out on Paramount Plus. So I've seen it six times total. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's not my favorite screen movie. It's probably sitting at third right now. It's probably Same. one three. Uh, I'm sorry, one four five. One four five. Yeah, probably for me is one four five. But I'm like, if I had known though going into it, would it have enhanced my viewing of the, the first time that I watched it? I think it would have. I I agree with you 100. percent But I have to say, the simple fact that we didn't get a kill in the opening scene actually pissed me off you were angry i was so angry i'm like you subverted my expectation here the opening kill scene is one of those essential plot points Mm -hmm. in a scream movie like those are usually some of the best kill scenes honestly in a scream movie Mm -hmm. uh you know casey becker drew barrymore i mean that 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 completely threw everybody for a loop because with the marketing and the advertising, they advertised Drew Barrymore as the star of this movie, uh-huh. and then they kill her off in the first ten minutes of the movie, and you're just like, "Wait a minute, what the hell just happened?" And then every subsequent <laughs> movie since, they they just they kept they kept that formula and it worked. So when you stray from the formula, I was so upset that we didn't get an opening kill scene. I mean, it ended up working, but it just it honestly put a bad taste in my mouth, but I still enjoyed the movie. Absolutely. Um, I didn't, I, I wasn't a fan of killing off Dewey, but it had to happen. It really did. Yeah. One of the, one of the original three had to go. Um, and Dewey was the obvious choice. Um, you know, I just couldn't imagine them killing off Nev Campbell for any reason or even Courtney Cox. They're well, especially kinda, after they the introduce Well, especially after they introduce Sydney Nev Campbell with having kids. I'm like, "Oh, she's good. They're not going to yeah, kill her." They They're well, not going mean, to kill her. They would do that. Why not? I, that I, would be heart-wrenching, I think, wouldn't uh, it? I don't know. I think it would have been a bad taste. I think Dewey was the I, I while I think he was the obvious choice, I think it was the best to yeah. do it, and honestly, I know the next one has already been greenlit. I hope they don't bring Courtney Cox or um, Nev Campbell back. I hope they're done. Well, from what I understand, Nev Campbell said that she was open to returning to the series again. So, mm, I mean, I just don't see why. Like, I but why? Uh, so, I know you're a huge Scream fan, but yeah. why do we need a number six? Oh, I want to see this new storyline. I want to see where they take it because again, I'm a huge Ready or Not fan, and the um, <laughs> the guys that did Ready, the guys that did Ready or Not, uh, also did Scream. Yes, and I think they're brilliant. I I love it. I just want to see where they go with this storyline of Jenna Ortega and her sister and how that all plays out. But I would like to see them branch off and only just this focus on them now. Yeah, uh, so the whole Sydney Prescott storyline is dead at this point. I think so. Like it's come full circle. So like, there's no need to continue on with Sydney Prescott, Gale Weathers. I don't think so because I think the only reason Sydney came back was because Dewey died. Now Dewey's gone. Gale's not there. Why would she ever come back? Unless it you follows know. her. But I don't want to. I I think that storyline 
Well, I think honestly, it probably could have ended with Scream Three. I think that's the, the the ending of Scream Three is the best part of that movie because you see Sydney like leaves the door open, she's moved on, she's put all this behind her. I love Scream Four; it's my second favorite Scream movie. So, I, mm-hmm. you, obviously, you couldn't have that without her. I think Emma Roberts is fucking great in that movie. Um, she is, but I think I think I don't know. I just want and, I, and again, I'm a I love Jenna Ortega. I think Jenna Ortega is the she has this new X movie X out right now. It's an A24 movie. I haven't seen it yet. Like I'm excited for the stuff she's doing. I want to see them focus this on her and her sister because I don't entirely know that she wasn't in on that whole thing from the get go because I don't, I don't know that her and Amber weren't working to bring Sam back to Woodsboro. Yeah, the whole, okay. So I have to say, and I've been thinking about this, especially during the last rewatch, I wasn't a whole big fan of the boyfriend being yeah. in on the thing. I, I, Something felt off about that. Mm-hmm. It really did. Like it rubbed me the wrong way, and and it like it felt unnatural, forced. So I, I I see where you're going with this. Like maybe there was a third accomplice in on this. I think it I, could the, be her. The whole movie, I thought she was in on it. I was like, so did I. She's I, upset I, I that her sister left her there, and this is how she brought her back. But I wonder if there's a bigger I would like to see them continue this storyline and build on it. Mm-hmm. Where maybe she was in on it, maybe not, I don't know. I just I think it could be very interesting interesting where they take this, especially with how great the writing was for Scream Five. And and I didn't realize how great it was until like consecutively watching this movie and just picking up on things uh each time I watched it. Like the Meeks Mindy Meeks is a brilliant fucking character, and I can't wait to see what they do with her character. Like, Randy was a great character, but Randy was mildly annoying. I don't feel like Mindy is annoying, but she has all of Randy's movie knowledge and his qualities without that annoyingness. Like, I, I think I think you like her versus Randy because she is also in the understanding of how horror works now. I mean, we're being introduced to the idea, or not being introduced, but. It, it, it's helping to explain the direction that modern horror is going in now. What is it called? Elevated horror. That's what they called it. Yes, elevated. Yeah, horror, yeah. You know the whole uh, the whole elevated horror idea, the whole meta idea. Which yeah. I'm sorry, I really felt like this really played a little too hard on the meta idea. Mm. Um, movies that really get too meta for me just start to annoy me. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I but, loved it. I loved every second of it. I just. It's a great film, and I'm right there with you. For me, it's Scream the original, Scream Four, this one, Scream Two, Scream Three. Yeah, um, uh, it's it's a fantastic film. I thought it was a great entry into the franchise, and I I agree with you. It's a great way to end the Sidney Prescott, Billy Loomis storyline mm-hmm. that we've been following now for five movies. Um. And it's time. And if they are insistent on continuing the scream stories, maybe it is time to move on and move the focal point somewhere else. Um, not very many people liked the scream TV show. Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was kind of interesting. I loved in the first two seasons. I loved it. I never yeah, watched the third because they they 
basically started from scratch for the third. Yeah. I don't know if it was good or bad. I haven't watched it, but like the first two series, they came out on Netflix. I didn't watch. They mm-hmm. were on. I think they were on MTV. But Abby and I didn't watch them, and um, we were scrolling through. Net, you know, it's one of those weekends you're scrolling through Netflix. You have nothing to do, and you're like, "There's a fucking Scream TV series." I'm like, so we sat down. I think we watched the the two seasons. Like we just sat down and we watched that whole weekend. We finished them and we were like, "This was really fucking good." Yeah, you know, it was it was fascinating because you know it it brought in every, all the elements of the Scream movies, but it was a whole different story, and I I, I liked it because it was just, it was kind of turned it into an anthology thing. So mm-hmm. you got Scream over here, now you got Scream over here. The third season's not that great. I stopped like four episodes in because I thought it was stupid. Okay. But the first two seasons are fantastic, and then that Halloween special that they did um, was really fantastic yeah. too. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm all for if they want to start a different storyline. But if they continue doing the same thing over and over, it just begins to show that in Hollywood, we cannot let things rest. <laughs> right. Which is my problem with a lot of movies nowadays. It's just like, why can't we just let things go? Yeah, I don't think I'm on the other side of that because I'm like, if you can do it and it's entertaining and I enjoy it like I don't like I love Michael Myers I know some of the movies are bad but I'll still watch them and enjoy them for the most part like they're I I think that's a weird thing with horror versus other genres is that like we're okay with some like the most of the Friday the 13th movies are terrible but I still enjoy watching almost every single one of them. Exactly. And I feel like Scream is the exception, and I think it may be the one that people will get most upset about because I think there's bad Halloween movies. There's bad Friday the 13th (laughs) movies. I think every Nightmare on Elm Street movie sucks. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a nightmare guy. I'm you sorry. Don't like Dream Warriors, I oh, think it's terrible. On. I think that people like Dream Warriors so much because it's better. It is better than all the other ones. It is. But you can polish a turd, Chuck. It's still a turd. Isn't that exactly what I said about uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League versus Joss Whedon's <laughs> Justice League? But like, I think we're so forgiving. We used to be so forgiving in the horror community with movies that like, it's like, yeah, these movies are bad, but you can still throw them on. They're still fun to watch, etc. But like Scream is the exception because in my opinion, yeah, Scream 3 wasn't as good as the other ones, but it's not a bad movie. It would have been a fantastic movie if they would have left the whole element of Sidney's brother out of it. Yeah. That ruined the whole movie for me, quite honestly. The brother aspect didn't bother me. It's the way they tried to rewrite the original movie because they basically said Roman was behind Billy. Oh, yeah. He pushed Billy and Stu into doing what they did. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, don't like, I don't mind the brother aspect because honestly, the storyline made sense, right? He was the black sheep of the family. Maureen Prescott didn't want anything to do with him, etc. But I'm like, don't make him the genius behind Billy Loomis. Not that Billy Loomis was a fucking genius first off, but like, (laughs) like don't, don't go back and try to rewrite the first one. Like just run with that's the brother. He's upset because of etc. 
And and I know it's the first one that Kevin Williamson didn't write. That was a beautiful crack, by the way. Uh, Thank you. But it was the first one Kevin Williamson didn't write, and they took his original script and kind of changed it around. But like, I didn't hate Scream Three at all. Like in comparison to the others, yeah, it's not as good. Especially one, four, and two. I'm iffy, but it took place in Ohio, so I kind of have a soft spot for it. But it's really not that bad. It's kind of why I have a soft spot for Scream Five because it took mm. place right here where I live, or uh, you know, was filmed right here where I lived. So, um, I thoroughly, I found it distracting, but it was kind of fun to sit there and watch. Like, oh, I bowled at that bowling alley. I'm pretty sure I drunk pissed in that same uh, spot right outside the bar. You know, <laughs> so that was that was a lot of fun to watch with the discounted Morgan Wallen. <laughs> that's what we've been calling and we've been calling him the dollar general morgan Wallen. that's funny dude i i got two beers i gotta grab my beard hang on had to get the reinforcements in huh i had to call abby because i don't know how i miscounted i always have six beers and then i let my guests know at the end of the sixth beer that i'm on my last beer and i didn't I only had five, Chuck. I cheated you. I tried to cheat you out of this episode. Oh, my God. I and can't I, believe you. I won't stand for it. So I texted Abby. I said, are you up? She said, yes. I said, will you please bring me a beer? And she brought two. So you, my friend, <gasps> get I get seven. an extra beer. You get an extra beer. I just I was looking around, and I realized like I didn't bring a glass with me to do rum and Coke. So I literally just drank a bunch of my Coke and poured rum in it. That Dude, that's a baller move, Chuck. Ooh. And a lot of rum, apparently. Oh, this is going to get real fun. <laughs> I went... Uh, so if you you recorded with Anthony from Porcelain Peak, right? Yeah. So he usually has to pee every 10 minutes. I know. And he and I recorded for like two hours. Th- it was like basically three hours, and he didn't have to pee once. That's so crazy. I was like, what happened, man? He was like, I don't know. I just I didn't drink very much. But he doesn't drink alcohol, and I had like a sixer. So I was like, Anthony, I got to get off here. I got to pee. I know you weren't there for um, the big uh, discussion where I had everybody come on for Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. We actually took a bet as to how many times he would need to stop the recording to go pee. And I think Mark won, if I remember correctly. How many was it? He only needed to stop three times. And it was how long? Um... The original recording itself was around three hours, and I think I got it down to two and a half hours final. Oh, wow. That's impressive. These cocktails, yeah. I don't even care. I'm just like, I'll edit out like the first two minutes of when I'm waiting for the person to log on, and then I send it out, dude. Yeah. Um, it's very rare, like during one of our recordings, like we do, we do very lengthy recordings sometimes. Yeah. Like it's very rare that I'll have to go pee because I try to hold it for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. But usually as soon as we uh, stop the recording and I hit stop, I'm like, hey, guys, thank you for coming on. Love you. <laughs> Got to go. I'm about to burst. <laughs> we used to do that. Like our recordings have actually gotten shorter. Like we. Uh, so everybody knows we're more. We're more of a comedy podcast than a horror we're mm. basically a horror themed comedy podcast because we don't even make fun of each other we crack jokes <laughs> we say shit we shouldn't say we have a good time but like it's funny and we talked about this on a few episodes ago it's like if you listen to the show regularly you've probably noticed that like the first where it used to be like 20 minutes we would bs and then we jump into the movie we're at like 30 45 minutes now before we even get into the movie and then like in an hour and 15 we're done with the movie so it's like really we just go on here and bs for the first 
30 minutes or so and then we talk about the movie and we've been having really great discussions about movies but nonetheless it's like really we just get on here and have fun and it's I've, I, I love that like I you know what it, yeah we're here to discuss a movie but I've always enjoyed the conversation that happens before the actual movie discussion right and I've I, I've said this to my brother a lot it's like because sometimes our episodes go about two hours longer and as I and I re, and I've done my research you know, like there's a lot of listeners out there who typically don't like to listen to podcast episodes that are longer than 45 minutes to an hour yeah and I'm just like do we do too much BSing? Maybe I need to split up the episode. I have no idea how I need to do this now, but I decided ultimately that I like the way we do our episodes. Right. So, I mean, if people need to take a couple of listening sessions to listen to our episodes, that's fine. But, you know, I love that whole BS stuff that we do at the beginning. I love our movie conversations. Yeah. I love the fact that we go on tangents in the middle. Yeah. We're here to talk about Shrek today, but for God's sakes, we're going to spend 30 minutes talking about the MCU real quick, you know? Right. Like, it's... I thought the same thing. I think you and I have had this... We talk too much, Chuck. I think you and I have had this conversation. It's like... Because <laughs> we were doing the same thing. And uh, I was like, the the biggest podcast in the world, the Joe Rogan experience, is three hours every episode. And he gets... That's insane. Millions of downloads. I'm like, so you know what? Like... The episode's going to be the length that it is. We're going to talk about whatever we talk about. Yes, we will get to the movie discussion. I promise. But our like, I've pulled our patrons, and they're like, yeah, our favorite part of your guys' episodes are when you guys are just bullshitting, joking around. Yes, we like to hear your movie thoughts, but our movie thoughts are different. Like, We're not industry experts by any means, and we're not yeah. like fucking... I don't know how to make a movie. I couldn't write a movie. I couldn't make a movie. I couldn't edit a movie. I couldn't tell you jack shit about that. All I can tell you is whether I like the movie or not and the things I like mm-hmm. about it. So that's like kind of the aspect we take into it versus some other of our um, you know fellow podcasts that are much better at you know breaking down the movie process. Like Porcelain Peak is great. If you want to know, oh, yeah. like those guys are know everything about movie making. <laughs> that's not us. Like you're not going to get that with us. Yeah, yeah, fucking nerds. You're not going to get that with HMC. Like, we're going to tell you, yeah, we like this. We thought it was funny. This was weird, etc. This is how we relate to it. We'll give you our stabbies rating at the end of the movie, which is basically whether we <laughs> liked it or not. But, like, we're not going to break down cinematography or, like, scores. We might say, yeah, the score was really cool and it added to the scene, but we're not going to break down, like, well, the... The key the violin was played in in this scene really added. To, like, we're not gonna fucking do that. We're a bunch of hillbillies from Ohio, Chuck. We're not gonna do that. But, like, no, but uh, no, I, I completely, I, I get it. Uh, what you're saying, one hundred percent. And you know, I, I love, I love listening to you, Jess and Seth, just bullshit back and forth. Y'all got this great camaraderie that goes back and forth and this shit y'all give each other. It's a lot of fun. And then, yeah, that, that makes the movie discussion a lot more fun too. When y'all get to it. Um, I I've said this to Anthony. I have no problem saying this about porcelain peaks episodes. I love them. They're great guys. I usually make it through their trivia. Yeah. And then unless I really, really interested in what they're talking about. Yeah. Trivia is usually where I stop. <laughs> okay. That's fair. And, uh, but I mean, it doesn't mean that I don't like them. It doesn't mean that they don't do great stuff. It's just like, you've got my interest through the thing that interests me the right. most. Right. Um, 
Uh, but I, I I do listen to a majority of their episodes. There's only a few I've turned off after trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's the same thing here, you know, just like on my episodes uh, or mine and God, I got to stop saying that. It's not mine. Our episodes, <laughs> mine and uh, Robert's episodes, you know, we I love the bullshitting that we do back and forth, like the mystery question discussions that we have and yeah. all, all the things that lead up to it, like. It's, it's just so much fun. And then, yeah, by the time we get to the movie, we're like an hour and a half into this episode. Like, oh, shit, we need to talk about this movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, it almost makes me wonder. It's like, man, should we just have a bullshitting podcast where we just sit around and just bullshit the whole time? And then maybe like, oh, hey, by the way, go watch this movie. You know, right. No Country for Old Men. Great movie. Uh, you know, I just I don't know. But I, I love our format. It, it changes every once in a while. But I, I love what y'all do. I love what Porcelain does. I love what Podcast on Elm Street does. I love what we do. We all offer something unique. And imagine if we were all the same. Right. Oh, 100%. Like, and what's the point? Yeah, I think that's what's great about the community is that, like, everybody is different. Everybody's this, like, we tried to do the trivia thing, not knowing that Porcelain Peak did it, but like, we were terrible at it. Like, it was like 30 minutes of just us not answering questions correctly. <laughs> like, basic <laughs> shit. And like, they get asked, like, where is the origin of this 1936 horror movie about uh, children who were possessed and jumped off buildings? And they, every, the three of them, like, oh, uh, New Zealand. And I'd be like, what? Their trivia makes me feel so dumb. Remember when they did the guest episode where they invited everybody to come on? I was on trivia? that episode. Seth and I, was- I were fucking hammered. I felt stupid. <laughs> I was sober. Dude. I felt so stupid. Like, I, why can't I get any of these questions right? I'm not dumb. Yeah. Dude, we were but I'm so, dumb. We were so drunk. Because we had done an episode, and Jess left. Jess had to go do something, so she couldn't. So it was just Seth and I. So I was like, "Dude, we got to eat something because we're fucking hammered." So like, we went up and made some frozen pizza, which we obviously were drunk and weren't thinking because the frozen pizza wasn't done before we had to get on the episode. So like, (laughs) in like my office, like now it's like you can like see me pretty well. It's pretty well lit. Like there were like no lights down here. We had like a lamp. It looked like we were in a dungeon. Like I hadn't painted any of the walls or anything. Yeah, I I didn't have these sound curtains up yet. Like nice. Dude, they had to have probably thought we were the fucking biggest backwoods hillbillies on in the world because we did. I think we got like two questions right, and we started answering questions that weren't even for us. It was a fucking disaster. Like I, I was was joking with Anthony about it, and I was like. Like, did you guys think we were like? He's like, nah. We just thought you guys were drunk. He was like, and honestly, in you know relevance to the other people on the show you guys didn't do that bad and i was like okay we'll take it like yeah but no we're not good at trivia i can't wait to redeem myself they have talked about doing another guessing where they get everybody back on for trivia i was like i can't wait to go redeem myself i'm gonna study i'm gonna treat this (laughs) like the damn sats i am going to be there no, I, I might, I might opt out i might opt out of that shit because we were we did not have a good showing on that but so you said the going full circle back. So you said Scream Five has a soft place in your heart because it was filmed in Wilmington. Yeah, and you obviously are from Wilmington. I yeah, not from here. I live here. Okay, not, yeah, you're from That's, Texas, right? Exactly. Yes, I'm from San Antonio. 
Okay, and I said I had a soft spot in my heart for the second one, which was not filmed in Ohio, but they're supposed to be in Ohio. Did they film the... I think they filmed the majority of the screen movies in Wilmington, didn't they? Just this last one. Really? Because I know Kevin Williamson, he was obviously a big part of Dawson's Creek. He was the writer, and that's all filmed in Wilmington. I just assumed that they did the others in Wilmington. You know, and I thought the same thing, too. And I had remembered going to look, I'm pulling up my research notes now because I actually did research this at one point um, where I'd gone back to look where they had filmed the other Scream movies Mm -hmm. and hold on. So like going back to 1996, they actually uh, filmed the first Scream movie in California where it takes place. Uh, Okay. A uh, lot of different sites there in California. Uh, Scream 2. Oh, that's Scream 3. Let's not skip Scream 2. Let's not. It's, I mean, it was in Ohio, Chuck. That one's Ohio. Yeah. So, yeah, look at that. Between Georgia, California, and Ohio. Yeah, look at that. A hmm. lot of different spots there. Uh, Scream 3. Which takes place in Hollywood. But did they film it in Hollywood? Mm, I'm going to say question. I'm going to say yes, they did. All right, let's see. Yes, they filmed a lot of it in Los Angeles and Hollywood. So mm-hmm. actually, all of it was filmed in Hollywood. Well, they so, have the Hollywood movie sign in the movie, so I assumed it was there. Oh, that could have just been B-roll, like B footage. Cotton Weary would not allow for B-roll footage, Chuck. You know what? That's fair. I like that. Thank you. Cotton. One hundred percent cotton. Scream 4 was filmed in Michigan. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So, And then Scream 5 was filmed here in Wilmington. I love, by the way, I love living here in Wilmington just for this aspect alone. This is one, uh, it's called one of the Hollywoods on the East Coast, aside mm-hmm. from Atlanta, because they have the Scream Gems um, studios here. I've been so, there. It's It's so weird. Like, I get alerts for open casting calls all the time because... <laughs> if it's my day off yeah and there's an open casting call for something i don't care what it is yeah i'm gonna i want to be there and there's something that jessica chastain um she was just in town recently filming for a limited series i forget what it was called okay but they've been having a bunch of open casting calls for it but it's always on the fucking day that i'm working so i was like i can't go and I want to go. I just, I don't care. Like when Scream was filming here, I wanted to go just so I could beat Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox. Right. Kill me off in a scene. I, I'm i riding a bicycle in the background of the scene. I don't really care. I just wanted to go meet them. Uh, when Halloween Kills was filming here. Yeah. I wanted to go meet Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, mm-hmm. she's the Scream queen. I've grown up watching Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. Uh, so I don't care. Michael Myers can stab me as many times <laughs> my throat as many times as he wants. I don't care. I just want to do that. And I've never had these opportunities. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping one of these days I get to go to an open casting call and just be a part of something that's filmed here. So you haven't got to go to any of them yet? None of them. Mm. I'm always working. Josh, if I'm not working, I'm here doing a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. This is all right. And I'm raising a family. Well, of course. That's second <laughs> though, right? That's on the back burner. Let's not talk about them. But now do you we know, so Abby and I on our oh, she's gonna kill me. Uh we went to Gatlinburg for our honeymoon, I think. Yeah. So let's just say I we, we went to we went to Wilmington. I think for our one year anniversary we went to Wilmington. But um 
We toured Screen Gems because I was a huge Dawson's Creek fan. I'm older than my mm-hmm. wife. She was a huge One Tree Hill fan, which they use yep. the same set, same same filming locations. It's um, a big deal down here. It is. It is the the River Court. I think I hear that's gone. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Yeah. So we went. We toured Screen Gems. Uh, they still had the One Tree Hill set up because they were still filming it. They did not have the Dawson's Creek set up, but you uh, we could print off. Uh, like locations you could go to to see where they had filmed like certain things. So we had done that, etc. We went to the River Court, um, but we are actually going to be in Wilmington. We're staying at uh, I forget. I probably shouldn't say where we're staying anyway. It would be stupid of me. But we are staying in Wilmington, uh, just south of Wilmington, in June. So I will be back in Wilmington. And do the Screen Gym still do the tours? As far as I know, and that's nice to know that you're coming in June. I think we might have to have a beer. Uh, yeah, or six, absolutely. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like it's a beautiful place to come to. Quite honestly, um, yeah, I do believe Scream Jim still does the tours and everything like that. Especially since they've gone like full force, like mm. refilm, like uh, opening up filming and stuff like that here uh there's been a lot of stuff that's been filming here lately it's absolutely insane uh, a lot of made for tv stuff for hallmark unfortunately <laughs> um mel gibson was in town uh last year uh filming a movie called boys of summer and i cracked a really inappropriate joke at work that i guess nobody found funny and i thought i was going to be reported to hr i can't can i hear the joke i would love to hear it sure sure so like with mel gibson and so it's Mel Gibson. It's a movie called Boys of Summer. And all I said was like, so what is this movie about? Is he yelling at a bunch of Jewish children? <laughs> and they didn't think that was funny. Uh, nobody I worked with thought so. <laughs> like, I honestly thought they were about to report me to HR. Um, oh, come on. But no, like, no, that's not what it's about. It's about them hunting down a witch or something like that. Anyway, uh, no, yeah, Gibson's uh, making I actually have pictures now? of them filming um, scenes for this movie on the beach because, you know, I work on a boat. So all we do is travel back and forth. And, yeah. Like I have pictures of them filming on the beach at night. Like it was blinding us. Like This was unsafe conditions that we were driving in. Really? Um, but it was a lot of fun uh, to do that. They filmed so much stuff here in Wilmington. There's a, like lot. a lot. There's a lot. A lot. A lot of stuff from my childhood are like the 90s and stuff like that. Even before that, uh, I work on an island um, where they filmed a lot of um, um, Weekend at Bernie's at. Mm. Uh, they filmed the first two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles here. Uh, you know, the 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They filmed uh, that really awful Super Mario Brothers movie here in Wilmington. I mean, I could just sit here and keep listing off movie after movie yeah. after movie or TV show that has been filmed here. Well, there's going to be more from what I'm hearing because, like, Danny McBride moved to the Carolinas, and that's why, like, uh, Righteous Gemstones is filmed there. That's why they filmed Halloween there because Danny McBride is a big part of the new Halloween uh, trilogy. Yeah. So, and I'm- you know what? I, I'm waiting to be discovered because one of my secret, not so secret, but one mm-hmm. of the things I always wanted to be since I was a little kid is an actor. Yes. And my parents always told me that that's not a real job dream oh. for something else. And so I never pursued it or anything like that. I would, 
I'd love to be an actor. I would love to just be in a movie. What would your uh, what would your hang on? This is my so I gave you seven, Chuck. I usually go six. This is my seventh Miller Lite because I'm a Miller Lite. So your last one. They're eventually going to sponsor the podcast. Miller Lite will. Miller Lite. Miller Lite. Hashtag Miller Lite. And this is the (laughs) seventh one. Crack. Oh, that sounded beautiful. I love Miller's. Delicious. It's a delicious. It's a fine pilsner if you read the label. But what would you? So here's what I want. I am a I'm a casting director, and okay. I want you to tell me what type of role you would be best fitted for. That way, if I you know I come across that role, I can uh, call you, Mister Jeffrey Chuck Norris. I think the role that I would fit well in is the role with the twist, because obviously you know me. You see me, you know what I look like and things like that. Yes. You've got a perception of me. Sure. I come I come across as just a simple father, podcaster. Sure. Boat captain. Okay. Nothing seems out of the ordinary for me, but I really feel like that I could play the twisted character. Mm. I'm hiding a secret. Well, I see. A I Dexter look at you. type secret. I look or at you. And I I'm see an that. agent secret. Ooh. And I, I say this because back in the days, back when I was in high school and I was heavily involved in the church, I'm not involved in church anymore. Um, obviously. Uh, we would do a lot of role playing as a youth group. Uh huh. And one of the one of the times is I was. I was told I needed to play in an obstinate youth, somebody who just like talked back to his parents and wow. stuff like that and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, I got this. The you know, worst, scene. the worst scene. kid. I was so convincing to these people that a lot of the youth group members didn't want to talk to me afterwards because <laughs> they honestly thought that's who I was. An evil kid who was just out to make his parents' lives a living hell. Yes. And from that time on, I I always kind of knew that that, like, I I can't do comedy. Like, I watch Mm. comedy movies now, and I don't understand how these people can keep a straight face when they do what they do. Like, Mm. I would be the one busting up laughing the whole time. Mm. Um, I could probably do drama, but I I would really want to be in more the horror, suspense, thriller type movies play just subverting expectations yes you see me and you expect one thing but i'm here to present to you another thing wow you're like a comp you want to be a complex character i do i want i want to be javier nah, i can never say his name javier bardem in no country for old men i know mm. i've just been plugging the fuck out of this movie at the since the beginning of this episode yeah but i want to be that guy i want to be him i want to be so convincing that i'm a psychopath that i win an academy award wow for it you know what i mean you went from me like baseline putting you in a movie because we're friends to you winning an academy award for your performance um as much as I despise the Academy Awards nowadays, mm. it's always been a dream of mine to win mm. one. Wow! I even have an acceptance speech. I'm not. You already say ha- it here. you already have it like written out. Yeah, I already know who I'm going to thank, how I'm going to thank them, everything. That's some serious business. I've always wanted to accept a CMA Country Award, Chuck. <laughs> um, 
I've, I'm sure by now you realize I'm kind of a hillbilly, and I love country music. It's my favorite music. I didn't guess that with the whole Eric fucking Church thing. Yeah, well, I, actually, my koozie says Eric fucking Church right there. Nice. Eric fucking Church. That's my guy, Chief. That he know, his, his close friends call him Chief, so I feel like I can do that. Um, I have, Can I be 100% honest? Uh, I don't I know. May, I may have heard things by Eric Church. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know if I've heard things. You by know Eric he's Church. from North Carolina. Well, then that just makes me a horrible North Carolinian, doesn't it? I would say he lives there. He actually does not live in Nashville. He lives in North Carolina. He lives out in the middle of... Uh, he actually has his own lake. Lake Church? Lake Church. Lake Eric Church? Lake Eric Church, <laughs> which is actually why we're coming to Wilmington. We're going to try to go off the grid and uh, stalk him a little bit. But Oh, nice. Yeah, not, that's not actually a dream of mine, but it would be very cool. Because like, I joked that the CMA Awards uh, are like my Super Bowl. So we, every year, we sit down with a bunch of beer. My wife doesn't drink beer. She drinks rum and coke, similar to you. She drinks Diet Coke, though. I don't know what She's a drink. good woman. She is. Um, and we sit there through the entire show, and we wait for the Entertainer of the Year Award. And Eric Church gets snubbed every year. He never wins it. And we're like, I don't know why we're doing this every year. We're like, he's not going to win because he's kind of blackballed in the industry. And then... Lo and behold, through COVID, the CMAs got sick of hearing all of us church. We're church choir members, just so you know. That's what the church fan club is choir called. members. We're church oh choir God. members. Okay, I'm coming off as a fucking hillbilly nerd right now, but they got sick of us people complaining, and they gave <laughs> it to him. And he goes up to accept his award, and he says, and I quote. All of the years not to win this award, they give it to me. Oh, my God. Knowing that nobody toured and entertained anybody in 2020 because of COVID. So it was basically a slap in the face. They gave it to him to shut his fans up. Oh, my God. That would just ignite the fan base even more. Oh, yeah. We're not fucking having it, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm, I'm... You know, I, I again, growing up in Texas, I mean, obviously, I grew up with country music and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Garth Brooks is my favorite uh, country artist of all time. I, I just I'm not familiar with, I guess, the modern country scene. So mm-hmm. I like who who's been getting these awards? Well, I mean, Garth Brooks won it like three years in a row or something. I think before because him, like- they call him the entertainer for a reason. Well, I mean, I love Garth Brooks. Abby took me to see Garth Brooks in uh, Lexington. And he put on a great show. I have all his DVDs. So you're a Garth Brooks fan? I am. I like Garth Brooks a lot. Um, My mother is a huge Garth Brooks fan. She's never seen Garth Brooks live, which I think we're going to... We need to take her. She listens to these shows. She listens to these podcasts religiously. Oh, hi, Mom. Yeah, we call her Nana. uh, Hi, Nana. Yeah, there you go. Um, We need to take her to see Garth Brooks. But she also is a huge Eric Church fan. So here's the deal. Abby and I went to see Eric Church in Lexington on a Friday. Okay? So we drive to Lexington. We meet a couple of buddies, uh, and we grab beers, go to the show, see Eric Church. We get up in the morning. Fucking hungover is all get out. (laughs) Drive back to Ohio. Oh, Lord. Abby takes Lucy to a cheerleading event 45 minutes from our house. I take Charlotte to a soccer game because I'm the coach. 
and we do that, and I am just like sweating out Jack Daniels, dude. It's just like coming <laughs> out of my forehead. I'm drinking liquid IVs to stay alive at this point. And like the other coach and his wife, they went to see Luke Bryan the night that same night. So they went to see Luke Bryan in Columbus, and they were also hungover because he was drinking liquid IV also. Because I'm like chugging liquid IV, and his wife is like, are you hungover? I'm like, we went to Lexington City Church last night. She was like, we were at Luke Bryan last night chugging fireballs. So we're both just like, oh my God, probably looking like the worst little league soccer coaches in the world, dude. So you can smell G you can smell Jack Daniels and fucking fireball on both of us. So anyway, what a combination. And it was like one of those Ohio days in the summer that is ridiculous. It was like fucking so hot. So Charlotte and I come back to the house because the soccer fields from our house, you can like see like, so if you're on my back deck, there's a cornfield and a farmhouse behind, like way out behind us. And there's like some wooded area. And on the other side of the woods is the soccer fields. So we're mm-hmm. like two seconds from our house. So Charlotte and I come back and I'm like, let's take a nap. And she's like, yeah, we should definitely take a nap. So like we go get in mine and Abby's bed, Charlotte and I, and like fucking sleep for like two, three hours, dude. Abby didn't get that luxury. Abby had to go to the cheerleading event 45 minutes away. So she comes home. My parents pick us up. The again, the next day after the concert, we go get some Mexican burritos and go to Columbus <laughs> and do it all again, dude. We saw Eric Church in Columbus the next night, all again. Just fucking. So my mom, we're we're kind of cheap to be honest with you. So we have these like sunscreen bottles that you can put liquor in. Yeah. So they brought all of their rum in these liquor bottles, and I just drink Miller Lights. So it's not that bad. But the, we were fucked up again at the Eric Church concert two nights in a row. And it was... Oh, my God. Dude, I would do it right now. Like, I'm feeling pretty good right now with my... I'm on my six and a half beer. But, like, if somebody was like, hey, I'll pick you up. We're going to drive to Columbus to see Eric Church. Dude, I would do it right this second because I'm a fucking hillbilly, Chuck. That's... Wow. There you go. That's me. I... Wow, I'm like <laughs> staring at my damage back here, and I'm just like, damn. Um, you're hurting. So your your point. I don't know how the fuck I went on that tangent, but you're not familiar with modern country. No, I mean, I'm. I really am not. Like, I I can name groups or people. You know, like Florida Georgia Line. Mm. Um, you know, Eric. I can name Eric Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Jason Aldean, all those people. Like I can name these people, but I'm just not overly familiar with them. Um, I don't know. Call me. I can't say I'm a purist. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, because many people would say that not even Garth Brooks or George Strait are like true country. I mean, you got to got to think of Conway Twitty and all that fun stuff. But uh, I don't know. I just. If I had to pick a genre of music that yeah. I really had to get into, like it would always be alternative versus country. So I'm more into the alternative scene than anything. That's fair. We're we're gonna definitely dive into that. But the funny thing about <laughs> like Garth Brooks and George Strait and Brooks mm. and Dunn is like they at when they came in to popularity they were kind of looked at as being pop country. Yes. I mean, like they, they redefined 
country. People hated in so them. many ways. Yeah, absolutely. People hated them. It took a long time for them to become what they are today as staples in the country music industry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy. But now you see that same thing kind of happen. I wouldn't. I wouldn't classify our church as that. But like with your Florida Georgia lines, they get a lot of shit. Your Thomas <sighs> Rhett gets a lot of shit. Um, there's a lot like pop. It's very pop country right now, which it's some of it I like, some of it I don't. But you're also seeing a resurgence of like like grassroots country with like Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers, uh, even Chris Stapleton came from um, Steel Drivers, which was a bluegrass band, essentially. Um, Zach Brown Band. Zach Brown Band, which they went really pop, and now they're trying to they, dial it in. Yeah, they did. The, uh, let's talk original Zach Brown Band. I, My brother could actually offer up so much more insight to this because <laughs> I think he calls it like the red dirt country. Like yes, yeah. Yep. I, I I don't understand that terminology, but yeah, yeah. You're seeing like a resurgence of like grassroots country. You're seeing like um, Coulter Wall. He's actually from Canada, but he sounds very much like Johnny Cash. <laughs> um, I fuck Keith with the, Urban's from Australia. He's I mean. from Australia. He's very pop country. He gets a lot of. I'm not a big Keith Urban fan. But a lot of Me people either. like him, but like. I think we're seeing a resurgence of like these grassroots country folks that are like very, very what a lot of people say like Johnny Cash was, Merle Haggard, etc. But like, I I like it all. If if you like it, why fucking hate on it? But there's a lot of people that are like, oh, that's not country, etc. But anyway, alternative. Who do you listen to? Let's let's hear it. <sighs> Where do I even begin? Um. The number one band that I think I listen to the most outside of Panic at the Disco. Mm. Uh, that's my all-time probably number one. Okay. Uh, all-time low. Okay. I I never got into all-time low. I don't dislike all-time low. I I don't know what it is about them. Like I can remember the moment I discovered them. Quite honestly, I was in the Navy. I was sitting in... <laughs> A computer library, if you want to believe that something like this still existed back in that time. I mean, we're only talking 2007 at this point. Actually, early 2008. It was a computer library at Norfolk Base there in Virginia where I was getting online so I could just check my email and stuff like that. And over over the overhead speakers, I heard this song. It was Remembering Sunday by All Time Low. And I'm just like, I remember looking at my buddy Justin like... I don't know what the song is, but I love the song. It's fucking awesome. And so we finally figured out what it was, and it was all time low. And that's become my favorite song ever. Uh, he actually, as part of his best man speech, sang it at my wedding. Really? Um, yeah. It's just absolutely awesome. I'm a huge fan of all time low. Guys, if y'all are listening, I love you. Um, <laughs> but then, like, it, it, it really ranges because, like, I know this doesn't really fall under alternative. To me, it's alternative, but, uh, Bands like Escape the Fate, uh, okay. Falling in Reverse, uh-huh. um, uh, Bless the Fall, things like that. Those all, uh, we came as Romans. Okay. Oh my God! One of the best, one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Uh, I got to see Bless the Fall and We Came as Romans, mm-hmm. and uh, before what's his face died, I can't think of his. I can never remember that singer's name from We Came as Romans. Um. But like that was one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my entire life. And when I saw Falling in Reverse, uh, just getting to shake Ronnie Radke's hand uh, just really made me happy. But uh, I guess those really aren't alternative. 
I mean, uh, they're like, but, uh, they, in my mind, they're like emo screamo bands, which is what yes, I grew up with. That's what I, that's what I listened to. I mainly. had no so I guess idea. alternative's the wrong word. I had no idea that you were into that, Chuck. Now you're speaking my language. Like Mark, Brooke, and I go on like very long-winded text threads about, so my favorite band growing up was The Used. Yeah. I have The Used tree with the, with the uh, hearts hanging from the nooses. Nice. That's tattooed on my arm. Oh so my god! The U's were my favorite. Uh, I loved Under Oath. Mm. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not religious whatsoever, I never have been. I just thought like Aaron Gillespie in my mind is the greatest drummer of all time. You can argue with me all day if you want, but I will win. Um, <laughs> my Chemical Romance. I still think if oh, MCR had god. not broken up, they would have been the biggest rock band ever. They're apparently making music again. Uh yeah, I know they hold tried to do that whole return tour thing after uh before COVID. Yeah. But if if MCR had not quit, I think they would have been likely one of the biggest rock bands ever in my opinion. Okay. Oh uh, god, who else was I into? Senses Fail, love Senses Fail. Oh my god. You would get along with my buddy Justin so easily. Love, I love Buddy, Buddy Nelson. I think he's fucking great. Got a lot mm-hmm. of issues, but he's a good dude. Motion City soundtrack. Uh, then I like got into like brand new. Love brand new. I know Jesse Lacey's a controversial dude. A lot of people don't like him. I love brand new. I will defend Jesse Lacey Not all familiar day. With, that. with brand new? No. Oh my god, they're phenomenal. Not that I'm aware of. Uh, how about Manchester Orchestra? Of course. Fucking love Manchester. Uh, so Abby and I went to see Manchester and Brand New. So Manchester opened for Brand New in Chicago. And Abby had never been to a concert, like an actual concert before. She'd been to, like these little stupid <laughs> concerts. But so as like a warm up, I was like, let's drive to this little college in, uh, it was in Ohio somewhere. We had just started dating. I was like, let's drive to this little college and we'll see Jack's Mannequin. Oh my god. Okay. So we Love go we Jack drive. Jack. I didn't even we weren't drinking like we were young. So when Abby and I got together, she was just 18 and I was 21. So we drive to this little college town, see Jack's mannequin, and I'm like, so I had been to like Warp Tour, Taste of Chaos. Mm. I've seen the used four times. I'd went to Trey U concerts. I've been to all these concerts. I'm like it's going to be crazy. It's like wear like good shoes, etc. So she yeah. like like nerds out and wears like her like running shoes, yada yada. So she uh, not ideally what a girl at that age would want to go out in, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm like it's going to be fucking crazy. So we go see Jack's mannequin. And we're on the floor and it's like the most chill, calm, like friendly concert you've ever been to. So we leave that and I look like an idiot. She's like that wasn't bad at all. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. So we go see Brand New in Manchester in Chicago. And fucking Manchester comes out, and Andy Andy Hole comes out, and they do the song Pride. And it's just Andy Hole and a fucking electric guitar. And he's just like, as soon as the drums kick in, everybody on the floor is just like smashed. Fucking yeah. tits to back, dude. Just... <laughs> smashed and like she like wore her like you know young girl tight jeans her sexy shirt and her fucking like flats shoes right because she's trying to look look cute and like halfway through manchester's performance i have to pick her up 
like over my shoulder and carry her off the floor and we watched the remainder of the concert from the back steps oh my god so I'm like, yeah, this is what I was expecting at Jack's Mannequin. I don't know why, but I'm like, this is like, – because, of course, she wasn't prepared, right? So I looked like an idiot at Jack's Mannequin, but then she was like, that was fucking terrible. I'm like, that's what a concert is. Jack's Mannequin, I mean, like, that's that can be tame compared to what you just experienced. Like, I, I remember the first time, so, like, uh, sleeping with sirens. Mm. I remember the first time I, like – not even that like i i'd heard of mosh pits before but i'd never seen one manifest at a concert that i'd been to yeah and then all of a sudden i saw it and i'm like <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is this this is where people die yeah for sure and it's absolutely crazy and yeah um i realized that a lot of concerts that i've been going to leading up to that were like children's concerts Oh, for sure. Insane. So, yeah, she wasn't prepared for that. Not at all. I tried to help her out, but then she saw fucking Andrew McMahon at, at the Jack's Mannequin thing, and she was like, oh, this is easy. I can handle this. And I, But I was expecting, like, so we saw um, from first to last mm-hmm. when they still had Sonny in the band at Warp Tour. And when I say we, this was me and my friends. So we went to Warp Tour in Columbus and like from first to last played at like noon or one o'clock because they had like staggered times and like they were launching people in the mosh pit, like throwing people up in the (laughs) air, like 15 feet in the air and like catching them. But it was like, this is fucking stupid. Like, I don't want to be in this. I like, I'm like in the back watching fucking census or uh, from first to last play, but it was like. This is crazy. So that's what I was expecting her. I'm like, this is what you have to be prepared for, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, we go to Jack's Mannequin. Yeah, it was very low key. It was chill. Great concert, by the way. But then we go to see Manchester and Brand New, and it's just like you're back in that environment, and it's like you were not ready for this. So like we again, it was still great, but we had to like sit back in the back and watch it. But that's fine. We we made it through. You know, as I've gotten older. I've realized that I really can't go to a lot of these concerts mm. anymore because they're just going to kill me. Yep. I went to a concert back in October and this was new found glory, right? You found glory. Absolutely amazing. Wonderful. Like I enjoyed this concert so much. And it's just like, I haven't been to a concert in years and that like newfound glory to find a lot of my teens. Mm-hmm. And it's just absolutely wonderful to see these guys playing and everybody there was, you know, around our age. Right. Or older. So you're like, you know, you're not going to have a lot of craziness going on or anything like that. We were all there to enjoy the music. And I, I think that's what I enjoy most about con- like going to a concert like that now is that people like us, we're all realizing like, we can't do the stupid <laughs> shit that we were doing when we were younger. <laughs> so let's just all just get together and enjoy the music. And it was right. absolutely phenomenal. We went to see um, A Day to Remember in Columbus. Love A Day to Remember. Dude, have you seen them live? Never seen them live, which is a shame because I lived only a few hours of where they're from, and I just get so mad that I never got to see them. So we went, we went to see them in Columbus a couple years ago, and this is how old we are now, but 
So it was at the House of Crave in Columbus, and it's <laughs> luckily for me it was sponsored by Miller Lite. So they had Miller Lite on draft. <laughs> so I got like twelve of the big fucking cups of Miller Lite stacked, right? But like, so we walk in, and I didn't know we knew one of the opening bands because we had like researched them before we went, and I was like, eh, I, "Who was it?" Oh gosh, it was uh, Wage War. Is that right? Sounds familiar. I think you're right. I'm not 100% sure. I think it was Wage War. And we were like, eh, they're okay. Like, they're like, again, I'm old, so people don't get mad at me. But I'm like, they're okay. <laughs> like, So we can be late. And, of course, I travel for work. So I have a ridiculous amount of, like, hotel points or whatever. So I'm like, why don't we go into town early? Again, everybody, we're old, okay? Like, let's go into town early, get to the hotel, kind of chill out, hit the hotel bar, go get a nice dinner, come back, hit the hotel bar, and then go to the concert, right? It's like, we didn't go for the two other opening bands, which shame on us. So we get there, we walk in, and Wage War has like two songs left. We, we were going to see a day to remember, let's be honest, okay? I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I know if I were younger, I would have been there before the show started. I would have been in the front row. So we get there and there's, it's only standing room. So it's like, there's people all the way back to almost the bar. I'm like, if there's anything I've learned from traveling for a living is that if you want to see something, you go to the side. So we get Mm -hmm. our beers and Abby's mixed drink and I grab my buddies and we all, there was, I think there was three different couples and we go around to the left side of the stage and we can like get right up basically by the stage by going around the side. And we, we saw the whole concert like 15 feet from us. It was perfect. And then I see all these people out in the middle, like where I would have been as a, like I had been there and saw the used and I got suffocated in there. But like, I'm like, God, dude, I can't do that. And I'm like watching these kids and I'm like, good for them. Like live your best life. I'm going to be over here where I can walk around the back curtain and get a Miller light and come back out around and see the entire show. I'm not sweaty. Like I'm old Chuck. (laughs) It it sucks. It sucks. I mean, we're not old, but we're old. Like in concert years, we're old. Yes. Um, I absolutely agree with you. Some of the best concerts I've ever been to were the ones where like, I I'm off to the side. Quite honestly, I don't want to be in the middle of all of it. But that's how, honestly how I got some of the best seats too. So like with um, the concert where I got to see Bless the Fall and we came as Romans in the same concert, I went to go see Bless the Fall. That's what I, that's the only band I was familiar with at the time. I'm a huge Bo Boken fan. I love him. Um, and so like as like in between sets, you know, you're just kind of inching your way forward, forward, forward. And I got to be at the side, got to watch Bless the Fall perform. It was great. And then for some reason, we stuck around for We Came as Romans, which were the main attraction. Right. And that's when I fell in love with We Came as Romans because we got shuffled right there as everything was changing. We kind of got shuffled right in front of the stage. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, and the, I did the. So when we went to go see Falling in Reverse, which is who I went that's the only reason i went to that whole yeah. concert we did the same thing we started off at the side i'm like listen guys if we want to be in a good spot for falling in reverse we got to start off on the side yep. and sure enough as the night progressed we just kept getting shuffled and shuffled towards that middle and that's how i got to reach out and touch ronnie radke's hand it was a lot of fun um 
but like i re- when i went to that concert in october i'm just like i know i can't do this again i know i'm not meant yeah. for this so my buddy danny and i we stood off to the side and we stayed off to the side we kept going back for beers and we were perfectly happy and it was a it was an absolutely great concert and uh, he tried to get me to come back up this month to go watch a 311. I'm not a big 311 fan. He is. Right. So I'm just like, I'm sorry, man. I'm going to pass on this one. But um, yeah, concerts are fun. They are. That's Mark and Brooke just went to a metal concert and Mark texted me and he was like, man, because I used to play in bands. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I did. And he was like, man, don't you miss like going to metal concerts and dive bars? And I text back. I was like, actually, not really whatsoever. <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not built for it, dude. Like, I saw A Day to Remember a couple years ago. That was awesome. When we left, Abby was like, that was a great concert, but I'm never doing this again. Um, and I'm honestly in the same boat. I like my mm-hmm. country music. Like, everybody's chill. You can buy fucking tickets with seats so if you need to sit down like you can sit down i'm old chuck but it's like the days of going to warp tour which i love warp tour because the greatest thing about warp tour is you could find your next favorite band at warp tour because mm-hmm. there were just so many fucking bands like those days for me are pretty much over i'm not gonna lie i know who i like i see those people but like you know bringing it around full circle here i feel like these episodes that I'm doing now are like my version of Warp Tour. I'm like, you know what? Let's have our friends on the show. Maybe our listeners don't listen to Chuck and Ruff go to the movies. Maybe they don't listen to Porcelain Peak. Maybe they don't listen to a podcast on Elm Street. But like, what people don't realize is that like we all talk like behind the scenes and hang out and have such a great relationship that like. I feel like I wouldn't be doing justice to you guys to not have you on the show. And while it's a big burden to do like a big blown out episode, like these cocktail episodes are where we get to like share our friends and show what they do and like get people involved. So I think that like, and I've said this on record, these episodes are so much fun. Like Mm -hmm. we didn't have to prep for this. We just grab some beers and we sit down. We'd have to watch a fucking movie and take notes and talk about <laughs> the fucking why the movie's so great. Like we just get to hang out and do these episodes are awesome and I love them. And I appreciate you coming on here. I've said it many, many times before. I think one of the greatest things about entering entering into the podcast community. Uh, wow, the alcohol is finally starting to kick in. Um <laughs> entering into the podcast community is the friendships that are made along the way you know again you're right absolutely there are listeners may not listen to your show or porcelain peak or podcasts on elm street as much as i may talk about them or y'all may come onto the show and stuff like that but to me it's about that community that we have built along the way and you know we may not agree on everything and that's the beauty of it Uh, one of my favorite things to say on the show is what i love about what we talk about is that it's we talk about art and art is subjective uh it's in the eye of the beholder we may all look at the same thing we may all listen to the same thing but we're going to take something different from it 
And I, that's one of the things I've really enjoyed about having our little group, especially just between us, you know, we, we all watch the same stuff. We all talk about the same stuff, but we all feel something different from it. And the, the opinions and the feelings that we share about these different things uh, just makes for great content. And so I love talking with y'all whether it's on air or via text message about these different things. And it just makes for, it makes for great conversation and great friendships. And like, if I were to turn around right now and walk away from the whole podcasting game and be like, I'm done, at least I get to walk away feeling fulfilled. And I get to walk away knowing that I don't get to leave behind the friendships I made in those, um, along the way you know what i mean so uh it's absolutely wonderful what we get to do here a hundred percent i couldn't agree more i think we made lifelong friendships if one good thing came out of covid it's this i think a lot of podcasts uh were created through that but i think a lot Mm -hmm. of friendships have as well so it's going to be fun to see where this thing goes but um Again, I think that we've we've all become really good friends and it's you know, it helps relieve some of the stress from everyday life, right? Like you can get on and talk to your your friends that may live in North Carolina, California, Canada, Arizona, Idaho, <laughs> Utah, like it's crazy. It it definitely has made life more interesting. And yes, uh with with COVID and everything like that, it just I think the thing that really helps me is knowing that there are other people out there who are like me, whether they're living a different life than me, but they're like me in several ways. Like, so I'm going to use you as an example here. You know, you, you've got kids, you've been married for you know a good amount of time. We have a lot in common in those uh, aspects. We may have differing opinions when it comes to certain movies or something like that, but that's fine. That's what makes great content. That's what makes great discussion and stuff like that. Um, but you know i it's just absolutely wonderful to be it, it shows that a community can come together that people can come together and work for one common goal and that's to entertain mm-hmm. and that's to connect and that we as a humanity aren't meant to just always constantly be butting heads with each other it's about working together and being a part of something bigger than just ourselves. That's the one thing I've taken away from it, at least, is that, you know, because all you see is all this combativeness, and it's not, I don't really believe that's the case. I think that most people get along just fine um, mm-hmm. if they're open to having a conversation. And that's what these yep. episodes are, are designed to do. So I appreciate you being on here with me. Um, Always. I'm feeling pretty good. I even went an extra beer for you, Chuck. The things I do for friendship. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Like, I, again, I'm looking back at my damage here. So I'm finishing my fifth beer right now, but I did have a rum and Coke in the mix as well. So. A, a very strong one I hear, but if anybody listening to this does not listen to Chuck and Ruff go to the movies, please do so. You are on all major podcast platforms, I would assume. Yes, sir. All right, my friend. Well, hey, thank you for hanging out with me. We're out of here. Bye. Hey, Krubies, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more or you want to follow us on social media, 
Jess, where can they find us at? You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Horror Movie Crew Podcast. And you can listen on any major podcast platform. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. We'll see you next time. Bye, all.